Search, ponder, pray. Is this the place? I'm just trying not to be fat sounding. Yeah, dude, you know that big, uh, the avenues, we talked about it in the Supernatural episode, but like there's like a thousand steps up it and I was plowing up one day with a boy and... I was like, okay, just stop breathing. And then I I straight up almost died. Like, the, the links you go to to not sound fat when you're fat. Uh. Yes, and you're dating. You're like, I promise I can manage some stairs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, whatever. Maybe I can't. Anyways, welcome to the podcast, everybody. Um, today we're doing family. Well, just boundaries in general, right? Yeah, boundaries. Yeah. Um. <laughs> we've been both dealing with our family a lot lately a little bit that's why we're so tired it's not <sighs> so from the stairs <laughs> no yeah that's that's why i'm out of breath <laughs> um but also steven the the steven benjamin saga has kind of brought us um to a head sort of where we it's all going to intermingle, I guess, where we're like, we need to do a family ba- or we need to do a boundaries episode. Yeah, because it is, it is a, a little bit blown up. And I think it's turned into something I never wanted it to It's be. turned into something that is like way different pathway than what we were thinking it was going to be. Right. And yeah. because of where we come from, like we've talked to... So just for context, uh, those of you who've been following along, <laughs> who knows when this episode's going to come out? Right. But, uh, <laughs> Steve is a guy we went to high school, like we grew up with, and um, he's like missing, quote unquote, missing from his family and from his old high school classmates, which I've been there. So yeah. I'm just like, whatever, who cares? But I also am like, where is he? I want him to know that we care about him because that mattered a lot to me eventually when people are like, hey, where you been? You know? Yeah. Like, it helped me heal. So... Um, Everyone's kind of wondering where he's at, but we have a lot of, whether it's real or not, uh, people who have really happy families that can't really wrap their heads around the idea of maybe not including his family yeah. in this thing. And so it's kind of, it's gotten ugly. Uh, I mean, ugly, ugly hairy. Be too much, in, in too much I think hairy word, is a good word. Yeah, it's gotten hairy. Hairy, hairy yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you mean, hairy? It's just prickly a little bit. <laughs> No, no, no. Have you seen The Chase with uh, Charlie Sheen? No. <laughs> no. Yeah, well, every every episode. <laughs> every episode, we're tallying it down, how incompatible our media choices are. Well, I mean, I, I'm just coming to the realization that I was raised on entertainment, too. Like, the things I know are from music and music S- same, and movies but and also poems. different. <laughs> <laughs> yes, different. Yeah. Um, so with with uh i'd like i I think what's fun about this this podcast is that we kind of all everything kind of happens to us at the same time yeah (laughs) like yes the episodes kind of present themselves yeah we have a plan Mm -hmm. to make an episode about something and then something pops up and we're like this should be our episode so yeah 
I mean, it'll be so far down the line as far as in the past when this is released, but it's important to us and also it pertains to us in a lot of ways. So, well, and honestly, like I, I want this podcast to be big, but like a lot of this is therapy for me and I think it's therapy for you too. Like, and I do not want Steve to think that we're like, I don't know. I just like the way this is being handled right now because it's kind of uh, like on Facebook and stuff. A group got created. Yeah, and then... let's break it down for them because yeah. they don't know. Yeah, um, Bobby's not on Facebook. I hate I, Facebook. Yes, <laughs> I'm still addicted to being <laughs> the social media man. And so um, when I talked to one of our classmates, he got really fired up about trying to find him. And he like right away was like, I want to start a Facebook group. And I said, I was thinking about that too, because I would really like a place for people to put like positive memories, like we're thinking about you, hope you're okay out there type of messages. And he's like, got it. But then he definitely wanted Mr. Benjamin's the teacher that we all had, Mr. Benjamin's like approval to create a group, which I guess is respectful in some way. I don't know how I even feel about that. But again, I don't talk to my parents. <laughs> like my mom oh, yeah. can't get a hold of me through email. So we're it's coming like, at it from a different way. Like totally it's different clear angle. Yeah. that Steven's not wanting to involve his parents, but then other people are. Right. And like from my own perspective, when I took off, I left like, I had to leave my family behind and everything else that came along with Richfield, you know, to like hill and stuff. So I don't expect us to be on the forefront of Steven's mind at all. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. No way. Yeah. So anyways, continue. (laughs) Well, okay. So then over the weekend, um, Adam, the guy that, um, made this Facebook group, he was like, Hey, everyone, invite a friend because we want this group to be more seen. And in the group are Mr. and Mrs. Benjamin, Steve's parents. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is turning into like some kind of weird. It almost seemed like they turned into martyrs. Maybe, yeah. It it, it almost turned into like. uh... (sighs) And the thing that his sister posted, too, where there's it's clear that there's drama. Oh, yeah. it's, It's for me, it's the elephant in the room. Yeah, so I sent a screenshot to Bobby that was like, his sister posted something that was like, I can't speak to how my parents feel, but this is, this is how I feel. And it kind of gave a hint to where, you know, there's some dissonance between the two feelings. Like there's definitely not there. Well, and I think that we can see it because we have the set eyes that we do we do we have the glasses of like what's up parents suck (laughs) yeah and so like all this shit i'm like oh something's going on something's going on something's going on oh yeah it's like right this is all speculation (laughs) but right it's bringing up a lot of things just for me a lot of feelings and then like even uh underclassmen and stuff people younger than us are like I didn't know him that well but I'm super into this like how she was like do we think about getting a private investigator oh yeah so many people were like have you signed up for these sites have you looked into voter registration have you signed up for a private investigator like I'm really good at sleuthing the internet I have a a mom's Mm -hmm. group that solves private crime like holy shit it's like I don't want to hunt I don't really want to hunt him down this isn't no you know Absolutely. It's a, it's a, I want, so, he's got to be in contact with someone, you know, that's what I was thinking. He's got to be in contact with someone. Someone's yeah. going to tell him so that we're like, Hey, what's up with Steve? 
Yeah. And so now someone's going to tell him that somebody's made a Facebook group that's trying to hunt him down. Right. When <laughs> what we were trying to do is say, what's up? We miss you. If you're out there, you know, send a send a signal. Right. And I also um, the my main motivation for hiring a private investigator. First of all, I didn't want anyone to know where he was at. because That's his business. Right. I wanted someone to find him and like give him a letter that said, hey, we're looking for you give him my number or something you know what i mean yeah <laughs> like which is what if, we did in the like letter we sent we were like yeah. hey we're thinking about you contact us yeah but yeah and uh which his dad opened <laughs> which i don't really like either. i didn't like that either i was yeah. like "Ooh, i don't want to write steven put steven benjamin and have somebody else open it that's just wow the, boundaries much <laughs> <laughs> right but like on the one hand i don't know what it's like to be a parent you know what i mean I don't know what it's like to be a parent. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, okay, because like a lot of people who are parents are like, I couldn't imagine losing my kid like that. Like, I just couldn't imagine it. And it's yeah. like, okay, so you're still just only thinking about yourself. I'm hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Know? Like, maybe, I don't know. It's just, it's gotten some weird territory, which I'm, I hate it. I hate it so much. Well, so there's an element and no, no shade to how anybody spends their time on social media. Like, we all have it for very different reasons, but if my adult child was missing, I have one. I know what it's like to love right. something so much that it's almost unbearable. At least, like, on their birthday, I would be, like, really missing my son. Like, I would be a little bit annoyed. <laughs> Annoying. You're, I mean, you're allowed to feel things about it. Yeah. But he, I feel like Mr. Be I feel like it's gotten taken over by everybody's feelings except for Steve's right now. Yes, cuz Mr. Benjamin, I friended him last year wondering where Steve was, mm -hmm. and there was no mention of him on his Facebook group at all. It's like he didn't exist. Right. So it's Don't like you feel like if your kid was missing, you'd put like in your bio like if you yeah. see if you see my kid, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or but like is, haven't seen like... you in 5 years, hope you're well. Something. Yeah, like if, if you like if you're like you know because like if you're drunk messaging if you're drunk looking me up one day and you see this i want you to know that i love you or something like that yeah um but i also the other thing why i wanted to get a private investigator and wanted to kind of find him is because i was worried that he might have had like substance abuse issues and i wanted to help him you know what i mean sure i want to give him that resource well because... that's been the rumor for a long time is that he was shacked up doing some drug some kind of drug i i mean i from like since he moved to Salt Lake or what? Um, I think since high school, after I asked about him one time in like 2007, 2008, like, hey, we heard about Stephen Benjamin. Like, what's he doing? And the people would be like, uh, I heard last I heard he was um, somewhere addicted to drugs. So, yeah, but just like that just be some like small town bullshit. Yes. That's another like thing is that like... people are always like they're doing drugs. <laughs> Well, everyone thought I was on drugs in high school, but I'm just weird. You know, I'm doing drugs now, but I'm not, I wasn't then. Like, I feel yeah. like I'm way more mellow on drugs. <laughs> I wish I was doing drugs in high school. <laughs> I don't know, it probably would help me out more. A little oh, bit. <laughs> in defense to, I'm trying to see everyone's side, but in defense, defense of uh, Mr. Benjamin opening my letter, it was a black envelope. So, like, maybe. Oh, it was a little It, it was ominous. Yeah, it was, like, a little <laughs> ominous. So, like. Maybe he was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, maybe he thought it was a clue. I don't know. I would have think, I would have thought it was a clue too. Yeah. And so, like, I can't get too 
pissy about it, but my ears are definitely up just because of what I've had to go through and the bullshit I've had to endure to set the smallest personal boundaries yes, <laughs> with, with my family, family and yep. stuff, yep. Um, which is kind of where we're headed. So, I mean, I, we're, we're starting with the... I, I figured instead of speculating on what Mr. Benjamin might be doing, I just thought we should talk about ourselves. Yeah, because that's like a territory we have we have no, no idea. idea. I haven't talked yeah. to him in 20 years, so. Yeah, and like he was a way cool, he was like a favorite teacher and stuff. Yeah. Which I also is an aspect that I think might be hard for Steve. Yeah. Um, yep. But zero, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and speculate what the fuck's going on, so let's just talk about ourselves. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about our own personal hell holes and, yeah. <laughs> and say uh you like i guess the main point of this whole thing is like nobody would have guessed the bullshit that was happening in our homes and therefore you can't guess the bullshit that happens in other people's homes right like for me i think and i've talked about this before what was the real clusterfuck for me was part of me this whole thing where I had to like fake what was happening mm-hmm. while sol- simultaneously thinking everyone else was doing the same thing mm-hmm. and then leaving the house and realizing that I grew up in a fucked up situation. Yes. That was the decline for me and it happened all throughout my twenties and a lot of shit happened. I got sick. I got like, I got, you know, I started doing drugs and drinking a lot. Yeah. <clears throat> like, um, I started like, you know, like self-medication. I started, I mean, I got down with a therapist. Like I started my journey of self-discovery and like boundary setting and all this shit therapy, all this stuff. Right. But it's a total mind fuck. Do you want to like maybe paint the picture of like the overall, like I know we've done this in the um, mental health episode and I don't know if this is going before before or after, but like. (laughs) We don't know. We have no idea what we're doing. It's called ADHD. No, we do. We get better every day. I don't, I don't, I want to quit hearing it. This is an ex. This is an excellent recording, by the way. <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, if you start talking about breathing when you're f- how hiding your breathing when you're fat, you know it's gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> don't mind me. I just scaled some stairs. <laughs> your microphone's so good too. I can hear you coming from upstairs. <laughs> I was like, Bobby, can you hear me? <laughs> no, no, no. Like I could hear you before, like, like probably a minute before you asked me that. That's how good wow. your mic is. That's awesome. Oh, do you know why? Because I found my phone, like, right above me. I mean, it, I'm just saying, I was just saying props for having a good microphone. That's okay. Anyway, I was tromping across the room. Okay. <laughs> no, I was just like, damn, that's some good quality. <laughs> She's coming. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm going to kill all my friends. All of them. You guys all are all so hard on yourselves. Yeah. And then at that's least we'll be, in, that's, we'll all be in hell together partying. So it'd be nice. Yeah. I'll be up for management. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, painting a brief, we just ADHD so hard, by the way. <laughs> that's this podcast. They should know that by now. <laughs> well, we're like, we don't know what we're doing. Anyways, let's do a side tangent about it. <laughs> hey, I'm feeling some tension. Let's divert the conversation. <laughs> Um, yeah, so you go ahead. You paint. Yeah, let's just do a brief synopsis. Is that how you say okay. that word? I don't know. I've read it a lot. I don't know. I'll paint some pictures. <laughs> okay. And I'll do um, me too. Yeah. You go first. I, I, okay, I'll go first. Okay. Okay, so most people that will be listening to this podcast will have known me from like late middle school to high school. First of all, we only know like 200 people combined, and I think we're going to reach millions, so... 
don't put that out there. You're projecting weird things. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> the people who... Who are going to be shocked by this information. Yes. Okay. They think they know me. But what happened is that... I've always felt like I was, like, a vagabond in a way. My mom moved me around a lot. I mm-hmm. think by the time I was 18, I had lived in 32 different houses. Holy shit. And <laughs> I can't even imagine, dude. Yeah, renting all the time. Some houses should have probably be condemned. In fact, one was shortly after we left it, it was like given to the fire department to practice burning down a house. Oh my god. So um I didn't have a lot of stability. The only stability that I did have were in my grandparents. And other than that, I was with my mom in my mom's house, moving around, feeling like I could never settle down, feeling like I couldn't make a friend because I would only have them for a year and then I would move. Um, So that was like part of that. Um, But... Basically, uh, my mom married five people while I was in existence. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of help here too because you're the oldest. Yeah. Your mom's a child. You're my the mom adult. Is such you're the adult a child. from a very young age. Yes. And she mal- manipulates you. Oh yeah. And it's always uh, she's the martyr. You have oh, to yeah. be the rock. She's like the. Nothing's ever her fault. Oh, no, never. So she married my dad, got a divorce, married my brother's dad. And my brother's dad drugged my baby brother because he was a baby and doing baby things. Drunk and said, um, like Tegretol, he would tie him to the crib so that Jesus he couldn't Christ. move. He and would. You're watching this? What? And you're watching all of this? As a child, not knowing what's happening. Yeah. And like also sexually molested me mm-hmm. in bathtubs. So the, from then on, my mom said, like, I was always super protective of my brother and, like, tried to be, like, his protector. And then my mom left that guy for a guy she met in Narcotics Anonymous and had another baby. Yay. And <laughs> that guy was fine. But my mom, after, like knowing that he that my former stepfather sexually abused me in a bathtub let this new guy do the bath time so from like a very young age i never felt like very safe and i think that's where this like mask comes from this like i'm fine i'm doing fine because well it's something you have to tell yourself too yeah and like Everything around me is going to be very unstable, but I'm telling myself I'm okay. Right. And it's like, it's a, it's a coping mechanism. Just, it's a survival technique. It's, it's survival. Oh yeah. It's like 100% survival. Like I'm now completely detached from my body because (laughs) of the starvation and the abuse. Because I was just like, I can't feel it. If I can't feel it then it's not happening or it's Mm -hmm. just a survival technique. And as I'm getting older and like trying to like, I have to like face this stuff. It's making it like, I'm terrified. 
like I'm really scared of like getting in touch with my body because of how much I've just had to ignore it. Yeah, because like it's like buried treasure, but you don't know if it's a rotting corpse that you've buried. Like right, exactly, because it's like uh, I can't be really, I can't afford to be diagnosed with anything, and but like there's certain things. It's just like how I the number of times I've had a doctor be like, I don't even know how you're standing right now, is like four times which is a lot wow. <laughs> like, you know what i mean <laughs> that doctor's like i'm trying to tell you something here <laughs> well no i mean like i've had extreme ulcer disease like i've had like i have these weird brain spots that no one knows about like you know all this yeah. different shit so it's just like my body the way that i'm coping is through my body my body is my tool and my but th- i need to just treat my body better because it has been a vessel that's taken me through this fucking battlefield for the Mm -hmm. past 33 years you know agree agree somebody said to me today how are you doing today and I was like I don't know I think I'm good that's my standard (laughs) standard response and they're like what do you mean and I'm like oh what I say is what I think is like I'm good but then I'll go through a whole day and not remember anything because I dissociated the whole day. And that means it wasn't good. So like, yeah, that's, I think I'm good. (laughs) I've been having a lot of those days too, where it's just like, I can't remember what I did yesterday. I couldn't Mm -hmm. remember what I ate yesterday. Well, we've both been in frequent touch with our families recently. So that's probably the trigger. Jesus Christ. Right. I'm going to finish up to like where like you and I met Mm -hmm. because after the three dads with the three kids, we moved around. My mom married somebody that she met at a at while working at DI, the thrift store that's the in one Utah. In yep. And he was I love a, how, okay, can I just really say this? Your mom is my mom and dad in one person. Yeah. <laughs> my mom worked at the DI too. Oh my god, what's your mom's name? Carolyn. Oh, I know your, your mom's name is You know what? I'll see if my mom has met your mom. <laughs> I'm sure they know each other and they probably hate each other because they're probably mirrors. Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. So she met that guy and that was in sixth grade. And he, I woke up one morning to my mom being choked. Like he was kneeling on her chest and choking her out and he was going to kill her. And I jumped from my bed and called 911, and then he came after me. And then we were removed from our home, that home, within Uh like 24 hours. And then my mom made me write him Christmas cards and say, she she made me write, say, we love you, Daddy, and color a Christmas tree. I was 12 and 13. Which is also, she's making you do something that's like, feels juvenile. Yeah, and also, my mom like... The, my mom did the same thing when she got remarried. Like, she made us go to a different religion. Yeah. Which was weird, because she, like, was beating the hell out of us. Like, literally, figuratively, beating Mormonism into us. Wow. And then suddenly, she meets this new guy, and we're going to a different... Like, she completely changed our traditions, and we were at this, like, Christmas church thing. Wow. And she goes, go up and say hi to Grandma and Grandpa. Mm-mm. And it was his parents. Mm-mm. And I was like, uh, no, what? <laughs> like, I'm like 13, 14. I'm grown. Like, you can no, get remarried, yeah. but like, get in touch with fucking reality, woman. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So like, right after that, my mom, you know, she's trying to, I don't know what she's doing, but I was telling her like, he tried to kill you. What are you doing? She's like, just do it. She meets another guy just who's a heroin addict. I've seen that before where she's like, ah, you're ruining my life. Just do it. Just do it. I told you to. She met another guy through another drug friend and Jesus. 
moved us into another building that should have been condemned. It's still standing. And he was addicted to heroin, but didn't bring it around and well, made another nice unstable thing. <laughs> right. And good then, on you, heroin addict. I mean, junkies that don't have any sense. So that was really actually nice of him. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> he was, he was ugh, weird. And then she like tried to make me call him dad and stuff. And I was like, I'm, I'm older than this bullshit already. How many yeah. dads am I going to get? And so that's when we moved to Richfield from South Severe. And that's the wedding that I did not attend. And then for like the next two years, she's like managing that toxic relationship, tries to kill herself, makes me keep the secret about it. And then I move in with my grandparents. So that's the whole like instability. There's like, we're in the food stamps arena. Mm -hmm. Like my mom is um, picking up cereal and then like there gets sugar ants in it. And she's like, just pick them out. Weevils, pick out the weevils, pick them out. Nope. She's just like, just eat around them. So there was so many times when I would just eat around bugs in my food And like there was no food in the house. Like I was the one making all the food in the house. Mm -hmm. I was the one teaching my family, like trying to manage it. And I was a child and my mom was just doing whatever the fuck she wants. And I try to convince her that, or like I try to confront her about all of this stuff within the last four years. And she's just like, I tried, I tried my best. I think it's possible that she did try her best. I don't want anyone to feel sorry for her. I mean, I don't know, whatever. I don't want anyone to, yeah. I don't want to tell anyone how to feel. It's possible she tried her best, but maybe she yeah. shouldn't have been having kids and stuff. That's 100% what I think <laughs> it know? is. It's like, I can give you that because this mothership, motherhood shit is really hard. <laughs> <This> mothership? <laughs> mothership is <Boo>! hard. <laughs> uh, I have a stable husband. I have a stable financial situation. I actually have a home. And it's still hard. So, like, granted, it's hard, but, like, still don't put your kids in bullshit. Like, take care of yourself. That's true. So, this is your setup. My setup is uh, similar, sort of. I'm the youngest of the family, but um, my my family was pretty stable until I was, like, five. And then, um, or, like... I mean, the, the train was coming off the tracks, but <laughs> like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it was still like, we were still having fun, happy times and stuff till I was like five. So my older siblings, my sister's eight years older than me. They got to see like, Op was 13 when my dad, when shit started going south. So my memories are mostly just terrible. <laughs> my dad was a long haul truck driver. He was on meth. He would tell us, he told me once that he talked to the devil in his apartment that we had to go stay at. I walked in, I'm trying to kill himself. My mom was abusive in every sense of the word. Uh, she was super, we were super religious, but we had my dad with, we had all these problems, but we had to fake it all the time. Uh, starvate, mm-hmm. starving was a thing. The bugs in the food thing. Uh, you know, I know what government cheese tastes like. Yeah. <laughs> I know my way around, you know, some powdered milk. So like there was a lot of that. And then when, are you talking um you said that your mom was like abusive in every sense was she like verbally yeah mentally so like she was, she's verbally abusive um uh she beat the hell out of us like she'd literally beat the hell out of us like every weekend i knew i was gonna get screamed at for at least three hours Jesus. like screamed at like vein popping out of her forehead foaming it in the mouth screamed at for like wow. weird shit 
and like she'd do weird shit too like uh one easter she was pissed off at us because it was our dad's they got a divorce Mm -hmm. and it was his week it was his holiday and he was taking us he didn't want us first of all which she always told us that too (laughs) and yeah um that that's such a mind fuck too being told that you were always not wanted yeah well yeah and she was my dad was like strung out on meth when they got divorced and she used that against him pretty heavily which is fine i would have too um but she made it a point to let us know hey just so you know your dad gave a custody uh full custody away so quickly he didn't even, he didn't blink an eye and it's like <sighs> i don't know what my dad's mindset is at, at, or what it was i feel like if i was strung out on meth the right thing and i had us any sense in me the right thing to do would be like i shouldn't have the kids yes but he could have just but the fact like, that your mom <laughs> turned that against you like it was your fault well and i also had this like demon ideal ideology that he wasn't like uh, that that was a bad move on his part maybe he was being selfish that's totally possible sure. but she painted him like maybe he was being responsible too possible too maybe she was overwhelmed you know <laughs> maybe right. she was pissed you know but anyways one easter we were going it was one of the easters he didn't take us very much but it was like he was trying to take us so it was his easter and she went to the bathroom and i guess there was like poo in the toilet with no toilet paper Mm. so she made us all bend over so she could check our buttholes (laughs) oh how old were you uh i was like six so all your siblings are like older than me 16 and well like well like my two older siblings were like, no, you're crazy. You're not going to check my butt. Good. And me and my little brother were like, or my, me and my brother who are the little ones are like, yeah. okay, whatever. Let's just Yeah, but you're this. helpless. Yeah. But it's also like, we're getting ready to go hang out with our dad. I'm pretty sure she hit me with a brush that day. Being um, hit with a brush hurts is so the number bad. one trigger for me right now because I'm doing my child's hair and uh-huh. I cannot imagine being so upset over hair that I would abuse my kid. Well, my mom's the type of person that if she's mad at you, she gets these like crazy eyes and she looks at the closest thing she can hit you with. Mm-hmm. She'll throw you anything at you. But if she's like, you want to stay like away from her. But she also was cool with just throwing, you know, bare hands. But she would like yeah. to have a weapon in her hands to like really yep. drive the point home. Yeah. And uh, hairbrushes and a knife. So they're probably justifying it. Yeah. And but these are back in the days when hairbrushes were like wooden. Yeah. Um, fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah. But. So there was a lot of that, and then her kind of, like, guilting us for wanting to go see our dads, even though we didn't have a choice. It was, like, the whole, like, it was all legal, and she wanted us to make a big, like, no, we're staying with mom sort of thing declaration, which I ended up actually doing. Yeah. Um, But my dad didn't really care that we were getting abused. You know, like I said, he was a long-haul truck driver, so he was gone, like, two weeks out of the uh, at a time. Yeah. And he'd come home. My mom, him and my mom would fight the whole weekend, and then they'd, he'd send, like, they'd make up on Sunday and he'd send her flowers on Monday. <laughs> like that was the routine. Wow. So I hated when he was home. <clears throat> and cause I felt like all of us siblings thought we could contain our mother without him. You know, we could contain her. Like she was like a lion and we were containing her and we but were pretty... it's not, it's not on you to like manage. It was an adult. though. It was though. I, I, yes. My adult, like newly therapized brain is like, 
that's fucked up. I'm trying to address that that's fucked up. <laughs> you're coming to, as an adult, you're coming to my child rescue, and I appreciate you for doing that. I love you, baby Bobby. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, you better love adult Bobby, too. She's more of a baby. <laughs> um, I love the whole package of Bobby, but also just a shout out to baby Bobby in there. Hey, baby Bobby. But no, um, I was my mom's little best friend. Like She'd pull me out of school to pay bills. Um, she would tell me everything. She would also, this was like, I was 10 when we got our computer and she immediately got into chat rooms. She'd let predators like talk to me and my sister about masturbation and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, my dad did attempt to molest me once when he was on drugs. He actually molested my sister. <laughs> like, mm. But there was also the Mormon aspect of the facade, which I hated. Yeah. Masking it. Yeah. And I also, my grandparents, like you, were my salvation and also kind of my prison because my mom would be like okay you're gonna go like during the summer she'd be like you want to go to the to grandma and grandpa's for the weekend i'd be like sure so i'd pack enough clothes for the weekend and then i wouldn't see my mom for a month and a half yep and so my grandparents were definitely my salvation but my grandparents are also really unstable too which i think it's funny that you're like anyway that's my story i went to my grandparents house and it all was over (laughs) (laughs) because boundaries are important your grandparents are i think you're gonna play in a lot to boundaries in this episode too and oh, so yeah. mine. The boundaries do not end at my grandparents, but like the setup of my mom raising me until I was mm-hmm. 16 fucked me over for life for sure. Well, I think the fact that my grandparents are more of a salvation than my mom, even though they're still completely fucked up, mm-hmm. like their whole house is toxic. My grandpa yes. and I still scream at each other to this day. Yeah. Like I don't scream at anybody. And I'll let him scream at me for like a half hour and then I'll lose my goddamn mind on him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, and that's so unhealthy. And, um, but because they s- saved because you from they the shithole, you I give let, them I, so many passes. I give them way more than I give my mom and dad. I yeah. give them way more like leniency. <laughs> and yeah. it pisses me the fuck off because these are like the one last people in my life who are like pretty abusive that I just put up with. But yeah. it's also because yeah. yes. I want to be loved by my parents. And, but the way they show me the love is by like my cars and their name. You know, and my grandma's been blowing me up lately. And I thought I'd do something to do with the car. And I finally answered yesterday. And she's like, oh, I just wanted to thank you for the flowers. That must have been really expensive. And she wanted me to tell her how much I paid for the flowers. So she knows how much I love her. Like the whole thing's fucked. That is okay. <laughs> That's okay. Like I Strange. can't even say they show me how they love me by the money they spend and not be, su- and be surprised that she called and asked how much I spent on her birthday. Like I can't be surprised by that. Right. Yeah. They're all juvenile. Sorry, they're all juvenile. It's all like such a young mindset. Yeah, it's very like immature. They're all trapped in. Yeah. And I think because my siblings and I were battle buddies, I've also really let them overstep their boundaries. And I've also overstepped mine. Yeah. I did Um, have a story about that this weekend. I think we'll get to later. But yeah, that's that's our... That's kind of what we're stepping into. When I went to culinary school i went to culinary school like right out of high school uh that's when i started to learn that things weren't right and then um as i got my my therapist actually suggested that i like i had it in my heart that i should stop talking to my mom (laughs) Mm -hmm. but i knew that that was so wrong to even think that way that's what i thought too that I was just like, I'm not going to say this out loud. Like, I wouldn't even say it to my therapist. And you know me. I put everything on the table. <laughs> yeah, so, we're not afraid. <laughs> yeah. So, like, 
I and I've always felt like I've been that way. So the fact that even to my therapist, who I'm extra extra everything's on the table, mm-hmm. the fact that I wasn't even telling her that says something really inst- like something's instilled in us about like loyalty to like the blood or the but the yeah. bloodline or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what to what. But is that like a Mormon thing? Because my grandpa says it all the time. Family is everything. We have to like make sure we take care of ourselves. Like what's wrong with this family? Nobody's talking to each other. Well, I think the Mormon aspect definitely adds to it because, you know, and we talk about this like every episode. One of the big things in Mormonism is we picked each other before we came to Earth and we're going to be with each other after. Oh, yeah. Forever. I hated that because I was like... I don't know how you felt about this, but every time we had to talk about how we picked our mom. Yeah, I felt like I was like, "Who? why I'm so stupid. Yeah, I would be like, why in the hell would I pick this? Like yeah. this, I, even from a young, young age, my mom was like, you picked me in heaven. And I'd be like, really? How nice. And then inside I'd be like, I fucked myself over. Uh, for real. You want to know what kind of helped me, um... <laughs> cope with that you're gonna laugh again this is tv raising me but you know in third rock from the sun how joseph gordon levitt was like 15 in that but he was mm-hmm. the oldest of them all <laughs> like in, the, in on their planet yeah but he was inhabiting the youngest person's body oh yeah <laughs> that's kind of how i <laughs> that's that's kind of how i coped with that because i was just like okay maybe the reason why we all chose each other is because my mom needed this. Like, there's just so much rationalizations you'll oh, give yeah. yourself. Like, my grandpa was sitting here telling told- you all these conversations I've had with myself with the religious aspect in it, where I'm like, well, maybe yes. um, I'm helping her grow her spirit. And, yep. you know, it's just like, what? My grandpa, <laughs> my grandpa's told me all the time, like, you are a really old soul. Like, I bet you were probably even like an older sibling to me in heaven, but now you are in this younger body like in a way since i was like a baby baby instilling in me that i'm like way older than i am it it excuses the trauma that's been put on you it's a hundred percent gaslighting because it is not taking into effect not taking into account the things that you and as adult that you as an adult are doing to the child that's making them grow up so fast right or even acknowledging like, even if, like, people were like, hey, I see that it's really part of your house. You know, like, if my grandparents were like, yo, I, I see you guys are troopers. Like, you can come here anytime. Like, I, I knew that was implied. Like, I knew it was implied. But, like, yeah, the fact that there were so many, like, m- religious excuses for why you are. what Instead of being like, well, the reason why you're acting like an adult is because you've seen, you know a lot of adult things at such a young age. Yeah. Like sexual activity in the tub is something that should be for consenting adults, not a child, you know? Yeah. And like, okay, two kids, sure. But an adult and a child, you know what I mean? Like, of course you're going to, you have to grow up. You have to push it away because your brain's not uh, like, it's not raised up enough to figure out what the fuck's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, you're dependent on these people and you're, like, you're, like, making adult decisions. Like, when I was a kid and my brother got drugged with Tegretol and they had to take him to the emergency room to get his stomach pumped, my mom 
or my stepfather coached me to saying that I gave him the drugs and I was two and a half, three. Yeah. So like things well, were fucked up in my life and I didn't. That's the thing that bothers me too, yeah. looking back on it. Cause it's like, they knew what they were doing was fucking wrong. Yes. That's the thing is like, my mom is like, I tried my best, but like, is real, really, is that your best? Well, I know women who are defined by how men feel about them. My mom is one of them. I think your yep. mom probably is one of them. Yeah. Uh, I'm so glad to be out of that bullshit. I never really had that, but I worked really hard not to have that. But mm-hmm. then again, like I said, you know, I get drunk and I text the Mel's on my family, text and email the Mel's of my family and beg them to love me. It's so embarrassing. But it's like, I don't, I don't know. It's just like, I don't know what it's like to be her. <laughs> But it's also like, yeah, you're right. Is this really your best? Like, seriously, how are you even like, why were you allowed to breed? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because I'm actually trying really hard, but like, I can see how my best. Okay. My best is trying really hard because I'm fighting the patterns that were instilled in me. Right. Like the pattern for doing my child's hair is to get frustrated that it's tangled hit my daughter in the head with a brush blame her for crying say mm-hmm. for being i'll a give jig- you something jiggly, to cry like about year old yeah like yeah yeah say i'll give you something to cr- cry about make her suppress her own emotion for being abused and then continue to do her hair yeah that's the pattern and you know what mm-hmm. it's not that hard to love my kid and not do the pattern Right. And it's like, it's not hard to crimp a kid's hair and not burn their head every single time. Yeah. Like, it's like, you're clearly just being sadistic just to be sadistic. Parent yep. mo- mothers. Like, I told my mom, she I banned her from doing my hair at like five. I was like, we're done. Good for you. Like, I was like, no. And like, you've seen how plain I've looked my whole life. I don't care. I mean, I'm looking, I'm doing it better now. But me looking plain and not wearing, and wearing minimal makeup and stuff was a rebellion <laughs> to yeah. her abuse. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You get that. Yeah, so it's just like, and then like it's it's so funny because I told her don't touch my hair anymore when I was five, and then until I was like twenty two, I never did my hair. I just brushed it out, got in the shower, brushed it out, and then went. Mm-hmm. And then now I like get ready every single day, but like in between that, I shaved my head, and then my hair was super messy. <laughs> so mm. it's like my hair. My mom's obsessed with her hair too. Yeah. So I've always tried to be like not, you know. <laughs> so it's it's like a weird it's a weird thing how like something like because it's funny how you're talking about your hair and i'm thinking about it too and you're right because it's like when i think about holidays i'm like okay it's just gonna be like a fucking there's gonna be a blow up you know mm-hmm. i just expect yep. that to happen like i'm bracing myself for it so it i can't really ever enjoy it. like i didn't so i haven't celebrated a holiday in over a year has it been so nice because it's been nice for me um when i'm working it was nice to not be celebrating, which is like whatever I'm working. Mm-hmm. And now it's just like, what have I done to myself? You know, I can't, I can't enjoy anything anymore. And it's, it's not, I mean, I'm going to come back around to it, but I just don't want to be bothered with it anymore. <laughs> Are we both crying right now? Yes. Because I feel that so deeply. 
like there's so much in me that wants to create happy happiness holiday just period memories. happiness period yeah. but happy holiday memories and traditions that are nothing to do with like the agony that it is to deal with my family on holidays well right and like i'm the g when it comes to that shit yeah. like my it's like sister- unfair for you to feel alone like that well right and like i over the weekend i went to my best friends i'm friends with all their family the josies i went to the oldest josie she's my best friend and it's her baby's first birthday and i hit her up like a week before and i was like yo do you want me to come a couple days early and help you <laughs> and um she was like no i think it's gonna be fine and i'm like well my sister was tripping balls <laughs> and i, I think <laughs> i'm like I, and there is obviously an implied uh stress that comes with your first baby's first birthday party party i think yeah but I'm also going through things with my siblings right now um, that is ultimately uh, a decade-long side effect of none of us accepting each other's choices and spouses and stuff. Yep. And right now, her siblings are kind of going through that. None of them accept each other's spouses. They all hate each other. And I, it's giving me such hard anxiety because I'm like, I love you guys so much, and I don't want you guys to go down the path that my family is right now. And mm-hmm. Um, I like went down early and I helped her, like I helped her like deep clean her house. And, um, the morning of she like, she was like, Alvy, let's go to breakfast. Everyone was there. And I was like, no, I'm going to sleep for a little bit. Like right when they left, I got up, got ready and started decorating. You're so nice. (laughs) Well, I just didn't want her to be stressed. You know, I didn't want anyone to feel stress. I'd rather feel the stress. So there wouldn't be like a blow up and that's not how they are, you know? They're no, not like that, but that's you're how projecting, my family is. Yeah, you're projecting the patterns that you grew up in. Yeah, and then and then she like she they came up from breakfast, and Vera, the baby, went down to sleep. She was her nap time, and I was like hurrying to get everything together. And Kate was like, "Alvy, chill," and I'm like, "Oh, I just loved waking up and having the house decorated when I was a kid, which is true. That is one of the things I really loved." Yeah, but. I sat quietly through the whole entire party, and then the second I could leave that was appropriate, I left. Like, and everyone was like, where are you going? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I just got to get out of here. Yep. And it's like, how am I this broken, you know? And it's a, it's a 18 years, 18, 20 to 8, 25 years of this fucking bullshit. Where, like, on my 18th birthday, my mom screamed at me the whole entire morning. And then I was struggling to graduate. My birthday's in May. And Mm -hmm. I went downstairs to just do homework. I was like, fuck this. I'm not, like, I'm not dealing with her anymore. I can't do it. I can't wait to get out of here. It was, like, motivation to leave. Yep. And so I was down in my room for doing homework with the Aqualine Trail blaring. (laughs) And, (laughs) like, two hours passed. And my brother, Zach, came down from Salt Lake, and he walked into my room with his best friend, Dirk, and he was like, Bob, what's up? Happy birthday. And I was like, I was like sitting in a corner in my room on the floor, hidden. God, I'm sorry. I can't believe we're crying so hard on this one. I'm not surprised. But um, <laughs> I've been thinking about that a lot lately, too, how I would hide myself. Mm-hmm. So like if my mom came barreling into my room, she wouldn't see me initially. So Zach came in and he's like, hey, Bob, what's up? And I'm just like, I'm so fucking sick of everything. And he's like, why are you tripping? And I was like, mom, it's a psycho. Like, I'm over it. 
and he was like um okay we'll come upstairs and the whole upstairs was decorated and she acted like nothing had happened and i was just like i'm going crazy like i'm going crazy not only am i in an alternative high school because i had to flip-flop between high schools yeah because it's not even my fault that you you created so much instability that i had to move around i'm trying to graduate and she's going through a divorce with uh, an abusive husband who used to break into my room while I was working in Pinkwich on the weekends and lay on in my bed. And I'm an eight, a 17-year-old girl. And I'm like, why is this happening? <laughs> and so I had to, like, arrange my school schedule so I could check in on my mom and babysit her so she wouldn't go back with him. Oh, my God. And it's like you can't even just shut the fuck up for one day and throw me an 18th birthday party. Yeah. You just can't do it. And then you have to make me look like a psycho in front of my brother and his friend. And his friend, yeah. by the way, has a pretty accepting family. And I just remember getting the looks of like, you guys are all crazy. You know? And so was it's that, just like. Yeah. And but like, was that validation? For what? That you weren't like going, that you weren't the crazy one. No, because it looked like I was crazy because I was throwing a tantrum, but the whole entire upstairs was decorated. It's like, it's my party and I'll cry if I want to. Oh. Not that I was getting Fuck. That's hit, like hit just and such an intense way in to book. tell you yeah, that your yeah. feelings are invalid. Oh yeah. God. And it's just like, and then she got me luggage. And then whenever I tried to move out, she'd lose her goddamn mind. Like, my mom was constantly kicking me out, making me pack my bags. And I was like, hey, I'm see ya. She would call the cops on me. Like, it's just like, it was chaos. And it was like, I'm constantly being told, I love you so much. I love you so much. This is love. This is love. This is love. So it's like, of course, I don't know what love is. Yeah. Yeah. And my mom's house doesn't have, none of the doors are on the hinges. So, of course, I don't know about boundaries. Oh, my God. To, it was an often punishment for bullshit. Like, stuff that did not even matter that I would get my door taken away. No, she would break the door down. <sighs> like, so the scary. doors are ripped off the hinges. That's so scary. Every door but hers. We weren't allowed to do that because we were only renting <laughs> for, like, a year at a time. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. Right now, in my grandpa's house, his bedroom door is ripped off the hinges too. It's a, it's this a scary is... pattern, and it's like all we do all day is fight to not do that. Yeah. <laughs> like if I don't rip one door off its hinges in my life, I will consider it a win. Which you, is crazy. I, I believe in your goal. I do. <laughs> I think, um, I think the something that I admire so much about our generation, Gen Z. Is that we're tired of this fucking bullshit and we're, mm-hmm. we are putting up a fight to end it now. Like, yeah. Like we're doing what it, the necessary steps to like, but that means that probably the generation after Gen Z is going to be, you know, not Zen. It's a whole. Is it a, is it a cycle? <laughs> I don't I want don't, that. I don't know. I'm hoping with technology it won't be. But. Same question. Do you oh, yes. think that other kids like um adam know what it's like to truly try to run away uh i don't know that's speculation Uh, right but right i think that a lot of like i'd go to my friend's houses and they had like a really cool family life like 
nice house covered full of food yeah they had a stepdad but he like had a job <laughs> yeah didn't have a substance abuse problem yeah and they'd be like i'm running away and it's like to, to where like yeah, and their grandma looked down the street and this. it was like and they all just thought it was cute and stuff yeah so when i say do you think adam ran away probably <laughs> but i also don't want to speculate i don't know what adam's home life was like you yeah know? we don't want to but like it's it seems hard for him specifically in this situation the stephen benjamin situation to not, to not try dad, to involve yeah. mr benjamin when honestly why do you think people run away because of their parents why do they think they have boundaries because of their parents i agree with that and i would honestly like i would hate to sit here and just like rag on mr benjamin and have it be the exact opposite of what oh yeah so that's why i wanted to use us as like a thing but from where i'm standing it sounds like steve didn't get a lot of acceptance in his life Mm -hmm. you know like well things that we saw personally where steve was like i saw steve getting yelled at on by his father i saw steve being yelled at by his father during a uh event where steve's father should have been a teacher do you know what i mean he was being a parent when he should have been a teacher yeah um yeah i the thing that sticks with me as it stuck with me since you told me is him saying i'm sorry if i ever did anything to offend you there was obviously some propaganda getting spread around whether it was just his in his own head or at his home or wherever that he was doing something wrong yeah because he wasn't yeah he was just he was a cool kid so i mean yeah. i don't know and like I, but i get that too but it's like that comes from somewhere yeah. that has to come from somewhere it just doesn't come by itself you know yeah it's the whole reason why i know that you get after me for feeling like i wasn't accepted by my peers right but um well the root of that whole problem is nothing to do with my peers and everything to do with my home life right i actually like that we have this contrast because i feel like we had very similar upbringings but like I was like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck who or what or when or whatever. And everyone's like, okay, I can get behind that. <laughs> and maybe I have like a, maybe I'm insane. Maybe I wasn't like as popular as I think I was, but like, it just didn't bother me. I was just like, whatever. If you like me, cool. If not, I like, I just knew I was cooler than everybody, you know? <laughs> yeah. I blame my brothers for that one. Yeah. You had like a little stepping stone, like, yeah, I'm rad. <laughs> yeah, I was the last Alvy. Of course, I was cool, um, but that's just baby, fa- baby, the family territory right there. And you also have a lot to live up to. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I always loved when families had like a bunch of like lame older siblings, and then like the baby was the only cool one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wonder if my sister thinks she's the only cool one. There's no way she could. You know, there's just no way. Let's talk about how Mormonism conditions people to not having any boundaries. Well, I think while we were talking about Adam, um, because I always really feel bad for the people who had really happy Mormon upbringings, Mm -hmm. because I think it's harder to set boundaries because um, you have all this happiness in your life and it's engulfed in the Mormon thing of it, too. And then you have like your mom clenching her heart saying, but we're not going to be together forever. You have all the weight of the forever family on you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just, I don't know. There's a lot of 
verbiage and mannerisms and acts that make that Mormons do that really wedge themselves into your life. Yeah. Do I have examples? No. (laughs) I think, well, let's start with like maybe there's this thing, there's, there's this overall feeling in Christianity that you're nothing without God. You're nothing without Jesus. Mm -hmm. So there's that. But then I think it is kind of, um, it's part of the program how if you are called in by the bishop to get a calling, they tell you it's from the Lord. And if you say no, you're telling the Lord no. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. every time you're getting called for a calling, even if it conflicts with your schedule, even if it convict, uh, conflicts with like your personal sanity or your family life or, you know, everything, the, the, overall feeling of the meeting is that the Lord has called you and it's just a lie. Right. And then oftentimes callings are weaponized. Yeah. In the, in the church, like when you can see someone like, oh, she's questioning things. Let's make her so busy that she can't move. Yeah. You know, she can't think. Yes. Um. So behind the scenes of a calling, which I've been in. Yeah. Is a ward council. And it involves the bishop, two counselors, uh, the young men's presidency, the young women's presidency, the missionaries, if they're in the ward, the ward mission leader. Are, There's these, just all, a, are these all men? No, because the Relief Society president's there, the young women's president's there. And Once. what they do... Oh, I just turned off my mic. I, what, the young women's president is a woman then? Yeah. Okay. Um, and the Relief Society president is the woman, a woman too. And oftentimes the primary presidency is a woman too. I oh, don't know that's if she's right. Involved. My mom was yeah. in the primary presidency. She was like head of the nursery. Yeah. So th- what happens is they get together at a special meeting and they talk about all of the people that the missionaries have under, who are investigating the church, wanting, like seeing if they want to be a convert. They talk about the members that are struggling. They it's pretty much a kind of a a well intentioned gossip fest to like get a pulse of the community that they're over. Yeah, and, so God can better direct them, quote unquote. Yes. And then what happens is they say, Um, is there a calling that we can find for this person that would be good? Because what they don't want is for that person to lose interest in the church. Or to decide to not go somewhere on Sundays. And it really is, like you said, weaponized against them. And by the way, this, what you're describing is not common knowledge. No. Like, and I only found that out when I was a missionary. Before I was a missionary, I thought all callings came from God. Well, um, I was never that naive. (laughs) But my mom was in the primary presidency and the Relief Society presidency. And so was Lisa's mom. And... We never, I never knew that everyone got together like that. Yeah. Like that, they keep that a secret. They do. They don't want, they don't want you to know that they like are talking about you, but they well, totally are. It would make you doubt things. And you know what you have to do about your doubts. You, you have to doubt them. them. <laughs> doubt them doubt. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. And so like, if you say no, they tell you that you're saying no to the Lord. Like, even if you say, I work on Sunday. 
well, the Lord has called you to this calling. I think you need to... Well, you shouldn't be working on Sunday to begin with, no matter what. The Lord will provide. Right. That's just like so many things that they do to tell you that you can't say no. So you become like you're conditioned from a very young age to like confess your sins to the bishop and to not say no to the bishop or like anything church wise. Or yeah. Or it also kind of, and maybe this is a across the board Christianity. Maybe this is why we're having such an issue with like the me too movement is that it conditions you to tell someone with a higher authority, whether it's the bishop or God, never tell them no. Yeah. Like, cause most of us were raised Christian, right? Right. So I mean, maybe... Mormon claims their Christianity. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you can see this happening in other religions too, right? Like, that wouldn't be too hard to, that wouldn't be too much of a stretch, right? <laughs> to have, like, the Lord told me, like, that. why do you have a pastor? Why do you have a pope? Unless the Lord's, you know, it's someone that the Lord's talking to, their flock. Yeah. So I'm sure there's similar themes throughout the whole entire thing. And it condition it's conditioning all of us to do weird things. <laughs> like, to have weird boundaries. And I know it's worse than Mormonism. Yeah. Like... It's like when you say it's also a lot of gaslighting too, because Absolutely. because you're telling me that God told you God didn't tell you, but mm-hmm. they would tell you it's like a heavenly council in the ward or something. Right. I never heard that. I was just like, this is a calling from the Lord. Do you accept it? No, I'm saying like all of the heads of the, like the relief society president, the, the bishopric and stuff. Like, yeah. They would yeah. call that like a heavenly council or something. Like that. I'm not saying yeah. like necessarily it's that they would call it, but they would tell like if you got yeah. too deep into it with them, they'd be like, well, we're doing the work of angels or something. They'd say something yeah. lame like that. Yeah. Cause like all of the people in that, in like the auxiliaries, all of the people that are heading those, they're getting information from, you know, like the, the ministering sisters, the visiting teachers, the home mm-hmm. teachers are talking to They're their spies. supervisors who are talking to the president about what's going on with the people. Yeah. And so they know how to like keep keep tabs on you. It really is funny how they like because I've seen it happen so many times where they do weaponize the callings and I have told a bishop no before, not for a calling, but for something else. Please tell like, me because I also have. I want to hear your story. It's just like not significant. They're just like, hey, would you do this? And I was like, no. <laughs> and they kind of gave me like a wide-eyed look and I was like, I'm not really into this. So what no. was what was the calling? I don't even I see. This is why it's this is why this sucks, because it's like so out of my mind. It's just like I'm just, ha- I'm just having like a hint of it. I'm like, <laughs> it's like someone sprayed perfume in the other room and I can smell it. That's all that I the only memory that's coming back. And I remember telling a bishop no. I was just like, nice. Nope. <laughs> I was um, I was back from my mission and I was in a really great ward. I think I told you the story, but it probably didn't make it into any podcast. <laughs> Whatever. They probably made it into one of those trash ones. Well, um, either way, there's going to be stories that will be retold. I'm not worried about it. Yeah. Also, <laughs> it's this is part of ADHD. Just listen to my story. Just shut up and listen. <laughs> <laughs> I came back from my mission and I was in, you know, I was, I was in the ward. I was having a great time. I was like, cute. I had, I had a rock and bottom. I came back from my mission because I cut out pizza. You're still cute. I don't want to hear it. Thank you. But I was like, cut out pizza in Chicago. You fucking weird. (laughs) Well, it was after I did the whole Chicago round. I went to like the sticks, the corn, the corn maze area, the cornfield area of the, yeah. Where they didn't know how to make deep dish Chicago. Yeah. There's no Giordano's or anything. So I was like, well, I could give up pizza. Anyway, I came back 
I was, you know, I did my testimonies. I like had a smile on my face. And so this bishop brought me in and he was like, hey, I wanted to give you an opportunity to serve in our ward. Like, I think you're a great person. Um, he fluffed me up really good. He was actually a a really rad bishop, like a really cool down to earth dude. So I felt I hate when they're cool. I hate it. I hate it when they're cool it too. Makes it so hard. <laughs> so he was like, "We want to know if you would like to be the Relief Society president." Damn. And I was like, "Wait, was it a singles ward? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hold on." Um, so I was like, yeah, like I have always wanted to like, uh, well, from a young age, people have told me that I was like celestial material and that one day I would be like, um, I think honestly, I'm going to, I think being the Relief Society president is the highest that you can be in the church. It's a woman, right? Yeah, pretty much. Like, yeah. Like, and every Relief Society president was hella cool. They had to like be organized and all this shit. Like it was like, it was a prestigious thing. Like. I, there was oh, yeah. never a Relief Society president that I was like, Psh, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, they do a lot of hard work. You but people would, together. Yeah, people would like, when I was growing up, they would be like, she's going to be like general president of the whole church for Relief Society. So when he was oh, like, yeah. hey, you want to be Relief That's Society? Compliment. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, damn, thanks. You're but like, first um, ring of the ladder. Or yeah. rung. First rung. <laughs> <laughs> I don't talk so good. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to climb this, this church ring. corporate ladder. <laughs> Anyway, I was like, you know, I really love to. I really feel like I would do a good job serving. Um, but I watch lesbian porn. Did you say that? I did. Oh, I, I said, love you so much. He, his jaw, <laughs> his his jaw fucking dude. dropped to the floor. And his dick erect. <laughs> no, he was a really rad dude, actually. Yeah, I know. I beat him. But... <laughs> he was like i didn't know that and i was like yeah like like it's my thing it's something that (laughs) i'm watching it right now in my mind (laughs) (laughs) it's something that i have you know done for like pretty much my whole life like ever since i was 12 just i can't really like i try to stop and then it comes back and so like I'm battling that personally. And he was like, you know, I'm going to tell you something. Do you like have attraction to your roommates? And I was like, no, because I didn't. Cause I'm not attracted. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not into like that, but also like that would feel very predatory and I'm not that way. And he was like, do you feel that towards your roommates? No. Um, I, I haven't ever acted on it. I just, you know, keep coming back to the porn and he's like well i will tell you something i think you're fine i'm not gonna give he's like you the i calling. watch lesbian porn too <laughs> <laughs> he's like i think you're fine i'm not gonna extend the calling because um i think you need to like figure this out for yourself but you're gonna get married and you're gonna start having sex with your husband and it's gonna be fine you're gonna you're gonna get over it and i was like okay thanks like it was a really nice meeting. It turns out that that's not the case. Like, I while you're telling the story, I wrote in my notes, um, not being your true self because because of boundaries. You thought you were gonna be 
overstepping your boundaries with someone else if you became if you came out like i don't yep. want to hurt my grandparents feelings so i'm not going to come out yep i'm not gonna be my true self <laughs> like i yeah. wouldn't tell i didn't live in the state to leave the church because i don't want to hurt my grandma's feelings yes how about that yeah because it's like <clears throat> i didn't want because that's what they do is they call around and like whatever but like i've done a i mean i've seen a lot of people edit themselves mm-hmm. to not hurt whatever the to not fit the to not hurt the mold and it's very clear i feel like in their religion and maybe it's because we were in small towns that it's like this is the mold that you fit and i don't want to hear about it if you're strong outside the lines yeah <laughs> you know and yeah. but like you know everyone knows when you are like everyone can tell i didn't know you were bi but like whatever i'm mazel everyone is <laughs> it seems everyone's <laughs> on the spectrum except for me god damn it <laughs> I don't know. You posted that picture where there was like a trash monster. It was Godzilla. Oh, Godzilla. It was a Godzilla. Yeah, whatever. Godzilla, it was like a man. A hot a th- girl, a fat girl, a hot guy, and a Godzilla. And you're like, I'd have sex with everyone in this picture. <laughs> so, I mean, it's there. You know what? My thing has always been I'm going to. Uh, it's like Zach, my big brother Zach, would wear a shirt that says gay on it. <laughs> because he's this six foot three tall like in his prime he was like super like he's he could kick anybody's ass yeah but he's like if they have a problem with it they should come talk to me <laughs> you know if they're probably <laughs> being gay come talk to me so yeah. it's like with that like i saw that and i was like that big chick is still hot she looks exactly like me yeah <laughs> i'm hot I'd be I, me. I fuck myself the most <laughs> same <laughs> <laughs> so i was like yeah i'll do it no, I just think, I don't know. I hate shit like that. I just feel like I understand what it's saying and it's supposed to be funny, but it's also like, no, I also, I would have sex with Godzilla just to say that I did. Yeah, you'd have sex with Toby Keith. Oh, God, I want to. My Instagram's a wild ride, huh? <laughs> it is. Everyone follow Bobby. Don't follow me. <laughs> no, like, uh, when I had my cleaning business, which we decided it's over, uh... <laughs> We decided last week and it was so great. Tony and I got drunk and I was like, we're done with this, right? She's like, yeah. Oh, good for you. I was like, thank God. What a wild ride. Um, but yeah, she, I like my old clients, they're like, well, what's your Instagram? And I was like, oh, I have an art one, I guess. Or they'd be like, can you come do something for me? And I'm like, yeah, I have an art schedule. I'm an artist, so I have a pretty loose schedule. And they're like, oh, what's your Instagram? And I was like, oh. Uh. <laughs> This is it. <laughs> the art Instagram is more about how wild I am in my brain and not on paper. <laughs> well, I know. It's just, I don't, I don't know. Like I, uh, whatever. I'm outspoken about certain things. And I think it's fun that like, it's like, I think people stay because they don't know what they're going to get. And there's, there's little gems between like Black Lives Matter and stuff. <laughs> Girl, you're a Cracker Jack prize, man. <laughs> I know, right? You are. Like I can preach and also like be funny to say like, it's just, it's a good mix. I hope, I hope. Anyways, ADHD tangent on boundaries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, It's okay. I just wanted to finish up by saying like, after I got married, I did accept a calling. My, my husband became the um, second counselor in the bishopric and I was the young women's president and this was our first year of marriage and it wore us down ragged. It mm-hmm. almost like it destroyed our relationship because we were supposed to be in honeymoon phase. Right. It was awful. We got out of there as fast as we could and we haven't been back to church. And I think it was the catalyst to She's, us. Okay. First of all, she went to church two weekends ago. Let's not. <laughs> let's oh, not yeah. 
I forgot about that. She sends me a selfie and she's like, I'm at church. I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> I seriously kind of like my heart started pounding. I'm like, oh my God, is she going back to church? Well, I have scared you a few times. Yeah. Where I was like, should I still be Mormon? Like, <laughs> but that uh, was like me being high and being like, what's what the cosmos? <laughs> <laughs> but I should have said no because saying no has given me so much more freedom to figure out my life. Like, Saying no is great. I love no. Yeah, like, uh, it's only until recently that I didn't have major anxiety about, like, people. I mean, I guess it's good that I brought my Instagram because I guess I'm infectious like a disease. People like to be around me. And I used to run myself ragged. Yes. Trying to well, you fulfill still everybody's desire. I still do. You still but do. But I've gotten way better at it. Like, it used to be way worse. So the fact, like, because, like, the other day when you're like, hey, can I call you? I would have let you call me and then potentially been a bitch and scarred our relationship because I was Mm. just exhausted instead of being like, nah, I'm just worn out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I hope you know that I respect that. I really am grateful that you put in the effort to say not today. I'm burned out because that is, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything to me. No, it's not anything on my, my end. But I also but, understand because of our culture we were raised in, where I when I first started saying that to people, it was like I was a snake and I bit them. You know what I mean? Yeah, because like, people weren't used to being told no. Right, and it's also like uh, I think in in the culture, especially women, have to give everything all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. uh. My mom used to say I need a break all the time, which was she should have been screaming that in my face ever. (laughs) But I also understand the need for a parent to have a break now. You know what I mean? But it's also very a taboo hush hush topic. I feel like in the culture to mention that a mom might need a break. Yeah. So what that perpetuates to be like super women or something. It perpetuates that if you do feel that you need a break, which is very normal (laughs) when you're around a child because children are annoying and very needy and stuff. Um, that like yeah but in your head you're like no one else feels this way i feel crazy like i'm i'm a bad person i'm a bad person i'm a bad person like and i could see my mom that's probably why she lost it it's probably mm-hmm. why she snapped you know what i mean yeah because she wasn't cut out to be a mom she had four kids because that's what she was supposed to do cuz she couldn't set that boundary for herself yep to say no i'm going to go to fashion school I'm going to fuck whoever I want. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to do my own alive, thing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. She was just like, oh, well, I'm damaged goods because I didn't set up the boundary to not have sex with my boyfriend. And so it's because of the culture I was raised in. Now I'm damaged goods. And I didn't set the boundary with this and this and that and the other. And she's gotten herself into this weird life, <laughs> you know, that I'm trying yeah. to avoid. <laughs> I think also like just imagining what it was like in the eighties boundaries are now such a privilege to be able to, Mm -hmm. to establish because in the eighties, if you had boundaries, you were a cold bitch and like you were branded that way. I mean, we could still be, but in the eighties, you could also let your phone ring and ring and ring and no one would think the wiser of it. You were just out. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? So it's, 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 uh, it's, 
it, there's pluses and minuses, I guess. Because, like, right now, everything's on blast. And there's a thousand ways to, you know, connect people. Yeah, it's overwhelming. Like, <clears throat> I have people who will call me. And then I won't, I'm like, I'm doing something. Or even I just don't answer because I don't want to talk. Yeah. <laughs> and then they'll send me an Instagram message to see if I look at it. Just, so, you know, he can see the scene thing. And it's yeah. just like, that's stepping over some boundaries, too. It's, it's, um... And I'm not going to sit here and say I haven't done that before myself. Right. Like, it's it a culture that has totally erased boundaries. I try so hard to have, like, my active off on Facebook because mm-hmm. my mom will be like, I know you're on. Talk to me. Yeah. No. I'm not well, talking mom, to you because I'm doing something. You know what's funny is, like, I lost interest in my clothing line. But I think one of the reasons why I did is because every time I get on my clothing line Instagram, which is where I do all my business, my mom has at least one message for me. I, I don't even know the password anymore. I'm just like, I don't care. It's like it's like um, it's like they're peeing in your yard. It's like I'm marking my territory. I I visited once a week. I Here's a little piss on your yard. Yeah. I, it, yeah. Dog speaking. Sorry. <laughs> You're good. It, what it really reminds me of is when I was a kid, my mom would hold my arms down to hug me. And she could feel me, like, trying to, like, flex out of it. And that would make her hold me tighter. Ooh, I hate that. Yeah. And it's like, but I'm giving you love. But it's like, no, but you're in my fucking space. <laughs> like, please stop. And yes. it's also like, I knew she was doing it to, like, torture me a little. Because I think that's just her family's way. Like, it's she's she was raised in a fucked up household, too. Yeah. But it's just like so many boundaries that are dressed up like so many things that are dressed up like a lot like they're so many different things but they're dressed up like love so you just have to accept them that's mm-hmm. a boundary that mm-hmm. gets way over like everyone goes over that boundary in this culture i feel yeah i have a hard time not loving my kids so hard because i can tell that she's uncomfortable when all i want to do is give her one million kisses and like hold her so tight well, and I think about that, too, because I can see that you're coming from a very good place, and I... Yeah, but that doesn't excuse, like, my kid deserves the autonomy to say, this is my body, I'm uncomfortable. Right. right. Learning that line. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's just... I It's hard, because like, I feel like half the shit I talk about with my mom, it was her doing her best, and the other half was her being nuts. Like, you know. But it's also like, who knows, because in our culture, we get gaslit all the time, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, who who knows? I'm going to go back to my notes here. What else are we going to talk about? Um, okay, so I want to talk about what prompts boundaries. So I was talking about uh, my therapist recommended it. I told you I was feeling like I should I should not talk to my mom. I should not talk to my mom. I should not talk to my mom. My therapist prompted it. Or she, she recommended it. And then it took me... I actually feel really bad for how hard it's taken me to get boundaries with my parents. Yeah. Because I keep flip-flopping. Yeah. And I think this is why it's important to learn boundaries early. Because I'm learning them in my mid to late 20s. And now I'm in my 30s. And I go back and forth by what I want with my parents. Yeah. And it's a, it's a really bad look. And it's not very nice to them. Yeah. Or to me. You know? Yeah. But I, it's it's also like, you know, alcohol's involved or 
whatever i'm trying to get to the bottom of something or i just have general questions about my life so i'll be like hey mom like what time was i born so i can get my moon rising (laughs) (laughs) i have texted my mom the exact same thing like i was in the middle of a boundary with her i'm not talking to her and then i'm like mom what time was i born it's for magic (laughs) yeah no i remember that was such a weird conversation too because i was in my house and i just barely gotten okay with nudity i was like 30 and uh, my mom was always naked in the house but she also like we weren't allowed to explore our bodies but she was always naked to a point where she would she stepped over the boundary yeah you know like when she was fighting with my brother she would like rip open her nightgown to expose her bare chest to freak him out what yeah that is very crazy that's well, i mean <laughs> but like also that my, is insane her aunt her which is my great aunt i've seen her do that before too so it's like, I don't know if it's just like learned behavior or mental illness. I don't know what it is. Sounds like it. But it's crossing a line is what it's really doing here. But, um, oh my God. Yeah. Like, uh, she was like, she was always naked. So I was like, what's up with you and nudity? Mm-hmm. And she kind of said that it was a boundary that she wasn't allowed to cross. So she's been adamant about doing it. <laughs> So I remember that was such a weird night because I asked what my moon rising was. We had that conversation and then I got fully naked and walked out into the middle of 1700 South. What? (laughs) It was like three o'clock in the morning. Wow. (laughs) Just to say that like, okay, I'm cool with my body. I'm going to do this. But that's also weird behavior, right? (laughs) Yes. Sign up for an art course. (laughs) I know, right? Sign up to be a model. Not Don't just like commit a public indecency crime <laughs> well i walked out my front door walked to the road and i walked back okay well no one saw me <laughs> i also don't care if they did whatever <laughs> but the moon saw you the moon saw me <laughs> but that's a weird like i feel like when but this is this is i'm getting to a point here i feel like when you have these things where it's like you have to act like the adult all through your childhood you don't have anything to do with boundaries da-da-da. you have to do these extreme things to break through to the other side you know what i mean yes which is also very reckless i could have got arrested right then completely yeah. naked <laughs> i'm gonna have to agree with you here because um well part of my issues i mean in therapy i'm trying to work through a lot of black and white thinking mm-hmm. but i will go to extremes to set a boundary like put in so hard boundaries of like cutting people off i think and that's what i think stephen benjamin's doing right now he's cutting us all off yeah to cut it's a hard boundary Mm -hmm. yeah where it's like you can slowly ease sorry i just cut you off finish your thought (laughs) oh no i just think i've been in such extreme cases because i like you it took until my 30s to figure out what boundaries are and so i'm i am expressing very primitive or juvenile Mm -hmm. boundaries boundaries where it's just like no it's actually absolute no or absolute yes and so i'm cutting people out when really it's like the boundary that i have to establish is having a small discussion that says i'm uncomfortable when you do this instead of like just you know yeah cutting people off well yeah i get that and it's also you when especially when you're like with new people or like people that have been brought back into your life yeah you you just assume that they're 
you don't want to get to that level that you got with anyone else. So you shut it down immediately. Yeah. Like, or, you know, like, you're just like, nope. Okay, we're done. <clears throat> yeah. Like, my brother, you know, I'm trying to have healthy boundaries with my brother and my sister because we've been through this battlefield of our mom together, just like you guys. Yeah. And so. And, and my siblings and I are doing a terrible job, by the way. It's really hard. Yeah. It really is really hard. But we were together for the weekend because it was my grandfather's birthday. Oh, I wanted to say something. My grandfather texted me and said, is it okay if I tell your brother that you'll be in town? Yeah, you sent me that. And yes. how do you feel about that? Because I was like, I was like, I'm going to talk to her about it on the podcast because <laughs> part of me is like, that's really cool of him. And the other part of me is like, that just seems dramatic. Um, but I, I also have... remember at the time, like when you're where I was at, where you were at, I was like, oh, thank you. I'd be like, thank you for doing that. But yeah, now because where I'm, at, where I'm, at, I'm just like fuck off. Like, just don't worry about it. I can handle my shit. <laughs> For years and years and years, I've asked my grandpa and my grandma to not tell anybody that I was coming to town when I was coming to town because I don't want to have to deal with my mom when I come to town. When I'm coming to town and I want to deal with my mom, I'll tell her. And so I did appreciate that he was like, "Hey, do you mind if I tell them?" And I was like. Because yeah. he, he knows that, like, it's a possibility that it'll go through the grapevine and get to your mom. Yes. That is yeah. cool. Then that's cool, though. Yeah, but then it's, like, kind of exhausting for him. But I like, I'm I'm grateful that he's he's respecting that I would like to visit them when I visit them and not visit everybody, possibly. Right. And that's, but, um, had, yeah, I've had the same thing with my sister where she, I was in town all weekend and she knew I, I told her I was coming. And she was like what are you doing? And I was like, I'm at Kate's helping her. And she's like, Oh, you're already in town. And it's like, yeah, helping her leave me alone. I'm not here to see yeah. you. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and then like, I saw her husband when I was going to get balloons and I was like, I, and then a part of me was like, Oh, I should go see the kids real quick. But it's like, that's just going to make, that's going to suck for them. Like, yeah, they just don't need to know I'm in town. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I am the same way with my, like my mom, my grandparents and my mom live an hour apart. And when I, I don't tell them that I'm coming to see them because I don't want her to find out. I don't want anyone to know I'm there. Yeah. It's just going to be drama. Yes. I don't want people, I don't want people to anticipate my um, appearance so they can get ammunition. Yes. I don't want anybody to um, expect me so that they can, you know, ask me to do more things. Yeah. Or even like at this point, even like discussing the past with like, I mean, I know that's like all kind of all we do here in this podcast, but like I've just been discussing the past with my family for so long and nothing's changed that I'm like, I, I yep. can't give you this anymore. I can't do it. Yeah. During my visit, my brother said something that I, that he thought I would think was funny for some reason. Uh-huh. And so What's instead that? of like, I don't know, I think it was racist or some, some political topic that I do not agree with. And he was like, made a joke haha ha, funny and i just like looked at him and i said i i was like i'm going to establish a little boundary and do it in a kind way because i value this relationship in my head that's what i was saying okay. and i said i think that you might think that i think that is funny but i'm not the person that's going to be laughing at that kind of joke right and he was like, like, are you trying to entertain? If you're trying to entertain me, this is not how you do it. Yeah. And he was like, oh, okay, cool. And then like moved on. And I felt like really good that I established a boundary that I wasn't going to be participating in 
that type of a conversation if you're going to be having that opinion. And right. it made for a really good weekend. <laughs> no, I mean, that's that's really good news. Like, if people are open to, like, you letting you have your boundaries, that's so great. Uh, I don't have that <laughs> no. experience with my yeah, family. <laughs> because some people aren't going to respect your boundary. No, at all. And so it's like you have to set these hard fucking boundaries. And then you seem like a psych. You feel like a psycho. Yeah. Because you're like, no. No, no. Like, you want to know how many times I had to change my number because my mom won't stop calling me? Or her brothers won't stop calling me? Yeah. Like, that's insane. That (laughs) is insane, Bobby. It's insane. And, like, how unsafe it feels that so many members of my family have my current address. I hate that. Yeah. Like, I Can you imagine a time when your address was in the yellow pages? No, I can't. Like, I just, I really can't. Yeah. I cannot. But like, it's, it's, I think what's frustrating to me too is like, I've set these boundaries and it's a constant, you have to do constant maintenance on the boundary wall. Yeah. Like constantly. And you're constantly like checking to see if you still need the wall and all this stuff. And like, I set a boundary with my dad when I was 14. I told him, I was like, you're dead to me. And he took that to heart. And so now he's just like hard set on the boundary that I set when I was 14. And even now, and I'm like, dude, come on, seriously. He's like, nope, nope, nope. And it's like <clears throat> really hard on me, but it's also like, I mean, I guess I did it to myself. Yeah. <laughs> like he's what? holding a boundary. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I, he really is. Like, you gotta. Sometimes I find myself doing that where it's like something that I do that I'm like, it's fine that I'm doing that. And then someone else is doing the same thing with me. And I'm like, how dare they? I'm like, no, they got to have it. They got to. I did that with um, ghosting. I recently um, blocked one of my cousins. We were not friends for a long time because of a complicated issue that I feel like I was the victim of. Yeah. Um, But, and she still hasn't taken responsibility for, but I still unblocked her. And I said, "Uh, I would just like to not, I mean, you're going to be at family events and I don't want to make things awkward. I will be cordial to you. And she was like, that sounds great. I mean, that's honestly cool. And I'm in that complicated age right now too, where all of my cousins, we're all adults now. And we haven't, a lot of us haven't talked to each other for a really long time, but we're holding this animosity from when we were all kids. Kids. (laughs) Yeah. So it's all very strange. Which is why it's frustrating to me where it's like, yeah, dad, I hated you when I was 14. I hate him now. But it's like, why, if I was willing to put down my walls, why wouldn't you come over and see yeah. me? Yeah. Or just like peek and see what's this boundary now? Like, yeah. hey, I noticed this boundary has changed. And he's, I'm fine with him having boundaries too. Like I've done and said a lot of hurtful things to my dad, but I'm also the kid, you know, I'm his yeah. child. And, like, I understand that, like, yeah, I do need to take responsibility as an adult. But I also feel like we're never going to be able to put down our boundaries until he lets me voice what I needed to voice when I was a kid to him. Yeah. And, like, kind of walk me through it a little bit. We need to go over this wound so that it can heal. Dress the wound. It's infected right now. Yeah. It's got got splinters in it. It's never going to heal unless we take it out. It hurts. We're gonna have to amputate. But yeah, that's what it, eventually I'm gonna have to empty. Like I feel like I need to amputate my dad and my mom, and probably you know one of my brothers and 
I don't know. It's it's, but again, it makes you feel so crazy. It really does. But I want to give some um, I want us to give some helpful hints and tips for cutting people out of your life. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because we're so pro at it. <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't know. Like I like I said, I have a little note that says like leaving the church. It's not something you, that we come to lightly. No. Like people think that when you cut your mom out of your life, you're heartless. <laughs> and it's like my heart can't break anymore. Yeah. Like I can't keep doing it. I want a mom. I want a dad. I want to have some sort of semblance of normal relationships. Like I don't expect them to be perfect ever, but they don't do a good job. <laughs> like yeah. they're, they're really bad at their job as parents. And I forgot where I was going. <laughs> I'm listening, especially it's hard to follow your thoughts sometimes. Yeah, no, that's real. I don't know what I'm saying. Oh yeah, no, I don't come to it lightly. Like my parents I had to come to this choice and then my therapist told me that it's like mourning a death. Straight up. She's like she's like treat it like that. And I wish I would have had the strength to treat it like that 10 years ago because it's still very complicated. Like, I've been really bad at my boundaries in the past, like, five years, I think. Yeah. I've been bad at, like, everything, I feel like, in the past five years. But, um, I don't know. I forgot what I was saying. (laughs) Um, World's worst podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I've been working on my boundaries with my mom because she's been respecting my boundaries, but then she also tries to push the boundary at the same time. It's like... She's not mature enough to recognize that she's doing what she's doing. And also there's like things going around where people are like, don't weaponize your child to get back at your parent. Right. And so what I can we can you actually can we actually walk through that? Because um, my sister has had this struggle with her kids with my mom and on the one hand I'm like I don't know what her intentions are maybe she is weaponizing what is your your you just not want her to go through that any the same shit is that what it is I have such I have such complicated feelings about it because okay I was really high one time and I was like you know how in Mormonism the unofficial doctrine is that like you'll become a god yeah and you'll get your own planet I was like super high and I was talking to this one girl who just had a baby and I was like oh my god being a parent is kind of like being a god because you get to decide the world that your child grows up in right and whether or not people get to exist in that world and whether or not you are going to accept challenges of letting people be in her life because I'm going through this with my therapist too. Cause my therapist also said, I don't know why you keep your mom in your life because you haven't told me one good thing about her. And <laughs> your therapist sounds like a G <laughs> she's such a badass. Thanks Natalie. <laughs> Um, That's but true, the reason why I hesitate to cut my mom off is because my mom cut my dad out of my life. Right. 
And I have suffered without a relationship with my father, with my grandparents on my Mexican side, with the culture on my Mexican side. And I know that my mom has very limited ex, um, what's it called where you get influence? Oh, very limited influence. <laughs> uh, I like, what is it? Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was cute. I, that's I my whole life. Working it out. I mean, we're not the same room, <laughs> but I could see your face working it out. Very limited influence on Thank what God my mom editing, is. Right? Yeah. yeah. And like, <laughs> Same thing with my husband's parents. My husband's parents are very Mormon. And even though we see them more often than my mom, their influence is still very limited. So I'm struggling with cutting off my mom because she she honestly, based on my childhood, does not deserve to have a relationship with me. Right. But me cutting out people that are going to just love my daughter for the two weekends every six months that they yeah. see them like that's what I wanted with my father you know yeah no that is interesting because you know as last weekend I was helping with this birthday party and um the oldest Josie is the only one who doesn't know her dad and she said to me no matter what she's like I don't care because her baby daddy We've we all we've all had a uh, run in with him. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna just to put it lightly, um, and she goes, I don't care. She's like, there's a kid involved. She's like, Vera will know her dad. Period. Mm-hmm. And in my head, like I like, cause I think a lot. Like oh, I would have just been nicer if he just would have not been there. You know, if I just would have never known him. But it's like, who the fuck's to say? You know, and what what the conclusion I've kind of had to come to with, especially because like there's a lot of things I don't agree with with certain relationships where it's like the kid has to decide for themselves, I guess. Yeah. So, but it's also like walking that fine line of it's like, would you ever let your daughter go spend the night at your mom's? No, absolutely not. But I'm also really bad. I'm also in the camp of no sleepovers ever. Do you think that could potentially, do you think that's a, a bad boundary to have? What are you setting? That's this is the question you have to ask yourself because this is why why it's hard. This is why I'm mostly angry at my mom because she didn't deep think what being a parent is, right? Yeah. Because it's like okay, so your kid can never have a sleepover. So what is she gonna let her kids do? Always have a sleepover. So what are her kids gonna get molested? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um. I think also that my boundaries with my kids can be rewritten if if my kid because I I um. I follow a lot of TikToks mm-hmm. <laughs> accounts that are like I hadn't noticed. You never send them to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, it's a form TikTok. of love, okay? <laughs> no, 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 I love it, but I'm just like I don't get it. Literally, I'm like not in the game, so I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> so old. <laughs> I follow a lot of TikTok accounts with like unconventional parenting methods. Where this one mom, she says, "My kid can talk to me, and we can rewrite a boundary." Like I, so, I, mean, I like that. I think that's very that's a, that's good. Like, cause it is gonna change as she goes. Yes, like what my life like is gonna five, change six, too. And she's like, I want to go hang out with grandma. I want to go stay that weekend at grandma's. Are you gonna say no? Are you gonna be like, okay, you can go stay at grandma's for the night, but I will be at great grandma's. 
Like, what are you, what, like, are you, have you thought about that at all? Like, what are your thoughts on that? My thought is, I think my mom will be dead by then. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but if by some chance she's not, it probably means that she's been clean a really long time. So it might be a different story with that. My dad was supposed to be dead three years ago at the latest. And he's still kicking, raising hell. Why are they so resistant? I was like, just go already. My mom's got like <laughs> stage four kidney failure, liver failure. Like yeah, she's supposed to be dead. He told me when I was 21, 10 years, I'm 33. I guess it's, yeah. I guess we was supposed to be dead two years ago. Um, But yeah, she'll probably be alive forever. But like, I, that's just what I'm wondering. Because it's like, I would feel like that would be really hard as a kid. And I also feel like there were certain things in my house with my mom that I loved that if I had a kid, I'd feel like, oh, it would be fun for you to experience that if she didn't go off the goddamn deep end. Yeah. And I think when I I want to open like dialogues, not like pile so much of my shit on my kid. That's never going to be my goal. But like right. if um my kid wants to know why we have a boundary, I'm going to give her the reason why I'm not going to like deep dive and throw my trauma on her but like we we have a boundary with grandma because she doesn't respect boundaries you know that yeah, could be like as that. simple I, as I, that no that, you know? that is that that is simple yeah like we have to we have to have a boundary with grandma like we love her but we have to have a boundary with her do you love your mom do you think I think most of the time I pity her. I have not, I have not told my mom that I love her and genuinely meant it in a really long time. I won't even tell my mom I love her anymore because I don't um, know how I feel about it. Yeah. There's, there's been times even recently where she says, I love you. I love you. I love you. And I'm like, okay, we'll talk to you later. Like, okay, it, I, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't, I know what your goal is, is your goal is to say, I love you back because you've conditioned me to say that. But I mean, the way that I see it, what I'm trying to empathize, sympathize, whatever with my mom, I think of it like I've been a, like a girl who's wanted a guy to like her and mm-hmm. it meant nothing really because it was like in the long the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. She's probably feeling the same thing about us, her kids. Yeah. Like she wants us to love her, but we won't. <laughs> we won't just accept her because she's a pain in my ass. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's like, so... I mean, there's a guy in my life that I've, he was like my first kiss. I'm totally hung up on him. He's a total piece of shit, but I'm hung up on him. So like whenever he texts me, even if it's out of friendship, because I've established with him that I want to just be like buddies because mm-hmm. we were friends first and I'm like, oh, I miss being friends with you. Da, 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 da. But whenever he texts me, I assume that it's on again. You know what I mean? Yeah. And. Boy, I don't like, miss I, that I, about dating. No, thanks. Yeah. I've had to come to like terms with that and I also feel like I have my mom's spirit in my head like that like it's genetic that craziness or whatever or I learned it from her but I have it in a mild sense she has it in a mega sense and the stakes are higher because it's her kids so I'm just trying to like I try not to like get her hopes up by telling her I love her too I might love my mom but I don't want to get her hopes up with the respect to that you know what I mean yeah well I imagine that, like my mom, she would assign so much meaning behind it when it really wouldn't be there. Right. Like I did with this boy when we were like in our 
late tweens, teens, early twenties. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, when he was like, I love you. And it's like, we did love each other. But in my head, I was like, cool. We're buying property. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're getting married. <laughs> yeah, no, I had it all planned out, but it's like, I know it's a different thing, but it, I don't, I just don't know what a child, like, what it feels to have a kid. You know what I mean? So that's the only thing I can really associate it with. Yeah. So I don't want to get my hope. I don't want to get her hopes up. I don't. I also, how I feel about her varies from moment to moment. Sometimes I love yep. her and sometimes I don't. Yep. That's why it's like a complicated question. Cause like, sometimes I'm like, I had a really good day with my mom today because she showed up. She didn't tried. act like herself at all. <laughs> yeah. She showed up. She tried. She made the best effort she could to make a really good time. Like that's when I love my mom. Otherwise right. it's like, my mom was like, she came over. Oh, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm just going to let it go. It's, uh, we can talk about it off air if you need to. Yes. Okay. Um, I was thinking about this, another, another weird boundary that comes with small town and Mormonism is, um, my cousin, Jason, I love him. He just, he's getting a divorce, but he told me he was going to be gone over the weekend, but his shop was open. So I like hauled ass into his shop and like walked in there. <laughs> I was like, where is he? <laughs> and, um, <laughs> his son was there and I haven't seen his son. His son, it's been like years. I hadn't seen him for like a year before he went on his mission and he's been home for like two years. Okay. So that's like five years. <laughs> right. So good, good math. You're really smart. I didn't know girls <laughs> could do things like that. <laughs> but, uh, I walked in and he's like, Oh, Hey cuz what's up? And I was like, Hey, we gave each other like the most intimate hug ever. And then he started asking me, well, are you married? What's going on? Like, do you have any kids? What's your story? Like, and I, it's, I get we're cousins and stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I was also like, no, I'm not married. Are you? And he's like, oh, no, I'm never getting married. But it's like, well, then why'd you come at me like that, bro? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> like, if you're not going to do it either. <laughs> like, why are you like, oh, why aren't you hitched yet? It's like, well, if you're never going to do it, Jancy Pie, I'm not either, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that is really weird. Where it's like you are like setting people, you're, you're, you're making people holding people to the standard that you yourself aren't willing to hold yourself to. Oh yeah. And that's very Mormon culture. That is. We all have this like pattern set out for us. Mm -hmm. Grow up, go on a mission, get married in the temple, have babies. Right. Well, and it's and, like just Utah culture too. Oh, it's totally Utah culture. Cause, um, when notion, the rapper, look him up if you're into gen z rap <laughs> he got a hundred thousand streams or something on uh youtube so we took him down south so he could ride a bull to celebrate because this is what you have to do these days you have to have like a youtube video for everything <laughs> <laughs> you have to do some sort of promotion for every little thing yes you so do we took him down to ruby's in bryce canyon so he could ride a bull the yum. city boy and... i mean why did i say ruby's in yum <laughs> they have good steaks <laughs> no they could they don't anyway, I don't, don't get me started with food culture in garfield county i can't how about you start over from like we took him down because i'll just cut the rest of that out i was being an idiot no 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 i would love to i would love people to hear my tangents about it i don't i think it's i think our tangents are gonna make you were like it's part we of took it. him down to ride a bull and i was like that sounds delicious <laughs> that's funny keep it do not get rid of it um so anyways we took him down to ride a bull and uh rosie who's I'm with a bunch of people who had just graduated high school or they were about to graduate high school. So I was with 18 year olds and 19 year olds. Oh yeah. And my cousin who has the rubies in connection, uh, she's a cowgirl. She had just barely left to go to college. Like she'd been out of school for like 
not even six months and Rosie came over to me and she's like she's a city girl she's like oh my god she's like Maddie was just talking to the her girl her same age about their wedding plans (laughs) and I was like yeah man that's that's the life yeah (laughs) like they're they're getting on an age she's like they're not even 19 yet Bobby and I'm like I understand Rosie it's very complicated (laughs) man that like why are you married yet when like because like Maddie's having a nervous breakdown right now because she's oh my god yeah because she got jilted she's been engaged twice and she's 20 is she um still engaged to that guy no, they called it. Like, he called her a whore because she went on a group date. <laughs> She's like, "Well, we're broken up, and you actually went and like hooked up with a girl, and I went on a group date, Mormon style, and you're gonna come pull into my driveway and honk your horn and call me a whore. We're done." God, girl, get rid of that guy as fast as you can. I was like, "Well, God bless you, man. You dodged a bullet there." <laughs> For real. For many signs, but that's yeah, like, but like last straw. Yeah, but also he's a 19, 20 year old reacting as a ch- acting as a child, you know. Because he is a child. <laughs> They're all children. Forcing them to do adult things. Yeah. Get them in. Make them babies so they have to stay in the church. And that really is what it is, too. It's, it's a numbers game. Yep. It's about holding the line, holding people down, holding, like, let's continue on this path. And I also feel... Oh, I wonder if people go over their boundaries because... I, I When I look at it, I feel like a lot of mothers, especially, want their daughters to follow in their footsteps because they h- hate their lives and they're not willing to admit it. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Absolutely. So they'll pick and pry at them until they are little models of themselves living the same life, even though they're miserable. I feel like that's probably just the pattern that society established for us and the internet has changed everything. Oh, I'm so I'm so grateful for the internet. Yeah, it's given us so much information and given us a way to connect with other people who are in similar situations and find out what they did to help themselves out. Right. Right. I think that's I think that's the key is like my grandma my grandma her mom was abusive. I think her mom also got pregnant young and put in a hard boundary with her family and moved from Arkansas to California. And my grandma didn't want to live the life that her mom was living. So she put in a hard boundary, changed her life, became Mormon. And then my mom put in a hard boundary, did whatever the fuck she wanted to get out of an oppressive religion. And then I did whatever I wanted in being back in that religion because my mom was fucked up. And the church was my only stability. So, like, when I found out I was having a daughter, I, like... Trips. I did because I would so much rather have a boy. My sister... Than have a daughter that's going to end up hating me and, like, not want anything to do with me. My sister was so happy when Draven was a boy. Because she's like, I gotta break these traditions. She's like, I gotta break them. She's like, there's so much viciousness and, like competition and she's like having all the like because my great grandma my grandma my mom and my sister are all the oldest mm. and they all their middle names are all Anne. <laughs> and 
it changes every other generation has an e on it (laughs) (laughs) what a weird thing yeah it's like a whole like it started out nice and it's turned really ugly and everybody hates everybody you know Mm -hmm. like my sister and my grandma were super close my mom and her grandma were pretty close um my great grandma was always came to my mom's rescue even if we had problems with her she'd be like do not speak about your mother that way Mm -hmm. but when you were telling me the story of your great grandma um when you say she set a barrier and moved to california what i what i'm thinking for the time is she got knocked up and she got exiled oh maybe you know yeah i uh i do have a little bit more history about the background of that but like my grandma I found that she has one living uncle in his in his 90s in California and I gave her his phone number and she will not call him. Why? Because of some unknown boundary. Your grandma or your mom? My grandma won't call her uncle. Well, maybe he did something to her. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying is like there's nobody talking about anything that's happening. That's so Honestly, the reason why I have I don't think we need to rehash everything for the rest of our lives. But the reason why it bothers me so much is because like with my dad, he's the reason why I started having suicidal ideation mm-hmm. and he could have been such a tool for me growing up, but instead mm-hmm. everyone just shoved it under the, under the rug. It didn't mm-hmm. happen. And it's like, these people have a wealth of information. They are the biggest resource to our mental health Yes, <laughs> because we share the same genetics. Yes. And we're going through the same patterns that if we were able to like openly discuss it without people getting like their feelings hurt and shit Mm -hmm. and like have like like this is the problem i have with my mom she constantly wants to rehash the past but she's not willing to move forward yes like use it as like a trampoline to get forward she just wants to she wants to lay anchor there and it's like i'll talk about the past all day long if it if at the end of that day i'm a better person for it yeah my mom's completely different she's like i wish people would stop bringing up the past and I'm like, well, maybe if we actually dove in and figured it out, we could all move forward. Well, let me let me clarify here. My mom does not want to talk about her, the, the horrible things she's done in her past. She wants to talk about everybody else's bullshit. Oh. Like, we don't talk about her shit, really. And if we do, she just starts crying and says she did the best that she could. <laughs> oh, this sounds so familiar. But honestly, like, I, as angry as I am, and as much as she did to me and as how painful as it was, I can't even understand what it would feel like to be trapped like that. There are no good options. Once you start having kids and you're like the same for me, there aren't any good options. Yeah. You can't, there's not, there, there aren't, there's not any socially acceptable ones. <laughs> like someone's nope. going to come judging you. If you yep. stick it out, you could potentially be like our moms were. There's like a lot of, there's a lot of factors there. And then you add every other aspect to it, you know, drugs, uh, religion, poverty. (laughs) And it's like, she probably did the best that she could. Of course, she didn't have a job, (laughs) but she also had really bad anxiety. And that's about, this was, you know, anxiety wasn't even really an acceptable thing 10 years ago. Nope. So it's like still. Mental health is still such a stigmatized thing anyway. So, like, no, nobody's allowed to have these complications that keep them from work. I have a story. It's uh, their family friends and um, the mom, similar situation. 
she was single she had uh three kids she was pregnant with a fourth and her whole family suggested that she give up the baby because she just couldn't afford it Hmm. and like even they're like they're like you're not capable of raising it you can't provide even though she worked her she worked her ass off all the time and stuff you can't provide you know you're always making bad choices (laughs) just let your sister raise the kid or give him up or something and she had to go under i I found out recently that she had to go through pretty heavy like she went i don't know if it was heavy she went to therapy over it Mm -hmm. and this was back in the day (laughs) and then her daughter uh had some mental health issues uh in the, in the past couple of years and she said to me we just didn't have that one when i was younger he just had to put up with it like she wasn't even willing to use her own experience to be like hey man i've been here sort of <laughs> you mm-hmm. know because we're so conditioned to per to give this facade of perfection wow that she can't even help her like own daughter she can't be like, I was in a sticky situation and I did this. Yeah. Or like, wow. Hey, I get it. <laughs> you know, I don't get all of it and you're not ever going to get all my thing, but I get it. Yeah. Like I get losing your goddamn mind. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. I can say that to anyone. Like, it's like, yeah, man, like I haven't been in your exact shoes, but like, I know what it feels like to be there. Yeah. And I don't think people understand I think our generation is the first generation to really fully understand, like start understanding that being like someone saying to me like, Hey, I get it is so important. That's a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Which is another, like, this is why the Steven Benjamin thing is important to me because he doesn't ever need to talk to me again. No. I want him to know that I get it. Yeah. (laughs) Like same bro. That's all I wanted him to know. I love him and I get it. Because how, I mean, we used to go through this before social media, before podcasts were a thing, when TV was on a weekly basis and there was no TiVo or like DVR. Right. You and I were going through a similar life and felt so fucking alone. Yeah. Like a mutant. Yep. And the I feel like that perhaps has done more damage to me than my the things that actually happened to me. Yeah. That feeling of isolation. Yep the patterns that I've created where I just am comfortable in my loneliness, I guess, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like I'm not gonna say it's a bad thing, but it's also like, you know how I am. Like I push people out. There's yeah, you hard, do. There's a huge hard boundary all the way around me. Cause I don't want to deal with it. You know? Well, like, people put their shit on you too and expect <clears throat> you to save them. Well, that's true. But I also, again, haven't set the boundary, you know, <laughs> like, people are people are generally cool about it where it's like hey now I, I don't have time for this but i have put myself i have presented myself in as the fixer because i have not set boundaries growing up yeah so that's just my personality now i became the fixer too and then we both are discovering that we're just like can know our way out of it well and it's like and who's fixing me though <laughs> like cool i can run around and you know fix people all day long but yeah i came to a my screws getting stripped (sighs) that's such a good analogy for it yeah because my whole my whole life i've been the superman of the family my grandparents rely on me my mom relies on me my siblings rely on me my aunt relied on me my cousins relied on me everybody was putting so much on me and i was a child and there was like 
on my mission, I found a uh, song that was like, tell everybody waiting for Superman that they should try to hold on best they can. Um, what is, what it's just song? too it's just too heavy to, for Superman. Like I'll send you a link. It's from Iron and Wine, but um, I felt so uh, yeah. I, no, that sounds familiar. I've been yeah yeah. Um, on my mission it was the first time that I was away from my family and I thrived. Yeah, and I found that song and I was like, "This is for me. I'm the Superman of this whole family. It's just too heavy for yeah. me to lift." Yeah. I mean, honestly, maybe that's why music is so important is because that was the first like thing where it's like, I'm going to tell you how I feel. And because like how many times do you listen to a song and you're like, okay, cool. Someone else gets it. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, my brother asked me that. He's like, why are you always listening to sad music? I'm like, because I want to know <laughs> that because I'm not the only one who's they're my friends. <laughs> yeah, like Morrissey's still alive. You the Smiths. I'm uh, oh, sorry. Are these are these too deep? <laughs> references <laughs> we'll talk to we'll talk about on the music episode <laughs> no but like morrissey is like everyone calls him sa- uh soundtrack to slit your wrist but he's still alive mm. so like that gives me hope you know what i mean yeah so this person's feeling this and he's still around <laughs> yeah so i think it's really important to say hey yeah, i've been there and i think one of the the big disservices our parents and our grandparents have done for us is not telling not telling us I don't feel like I really had a lot of conversations growing up where it was like, Hey man, I've been in this a situation where I fucked up. Yeah. You know? And like when I was managing, I'd be like, I've been here before. It's not a big deal. Just stop. Yeah. <laughs> you know, stop doing that. You're it's destructive. But like, it was just like, well, I don't know why you're acting this way. And it's like, you know, goddamn well, why I'm acting this way. Why mm-hmm. don't you help me understand it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. So anyway, people just rely on us. And then I came to a point where I kept telling people, I can't. I'm unwell. Yeah. They'd be like, what's wrong? I'd say people have relied on me too heavily for too long Mm -hmm. and I've suffered. Yep. And they I think after like a year and a half of saying that people were like, oh, okay," And that's why I have to have such hard boundaries with some people in my life because they don't they still try to put me in the position that I used to put myself in. And then the pandemic happened and people finally left me the fuck alone. And it's been nice. It has been so great. Um, I'm almost hesitant for it to end because I'm like, I feel so much greatness right now. I've actually been going overtime on the pandemic. Uh, (laughs) I like the person everyone calls when they're like falling apart. Oh, yeah. People have fallen many, apart this year. Yeah, but like I can tell you how many times I've been like, hello, and it's just someone, Bobby, gonna talk to you? Oh my <laughs> I'm God. like, yeah, okay, 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 what's going on? <laughs> um, but I, uh, so social media is also interesting with the boundaries too, because I moved away and I was on my own, and then I kind of crept back into uh Panguitch and Garfield County because of social media yeah I'm grateful for it because I didn't really know my dad's side of the family and it introduced me to them and now we're all pretty cool but I had this persona that I have on uh, social media where it's like I'll share I'm I just try to like it's like it's shit that I think's entertaining mm-hmm. you know and it's, it's it's wild all over the place that's my I'm not trying to do anything I'm just whatever I think that's entertaining I'm gonna post it so when I came back to Penguich after uh, being in Maryland, and I was a stand-up comic in Maryland too, um, people 
assumed that I was just going to be larger than life all the time. Mm. <laughs> and I tried to keep, and I, and I, and, and in high school and stuff, I tried to keep up with that. I would use my mom a lot where it's like, I can't, I'm grounded or whatever. I can't have people over it, You know, I'd use that a lot because it was yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> but like I can have people over, but I was never grounded, but I just couldn't have people over. But, uh, <laughs> I would ask my mom to ground me all the time. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'd be like, like, ground it. Ground, I don't care. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> give, me a, give me a reason. I need a social break here. <laughs> um, but I had to tell people that were like, hey, we should hang out sometime. I would just be like, you know what? I love that you are into me and I think you're cool, but I'm just really depressed and that's not going to happen. That's straight up what I'd say to them. Oh, wow. Good for and you. And they'd be like, well, maybe you just need to hang out. And I'm like, no, what I need to do is be left the fuck alone. I appreciate you as a person in my life as we are right now. Yeah. If I come around, I'll let you know. <laughs> That's pretty powerful. Yeah. For you to and be like, that aware of yourself. But it would make people be like, it was a weird thing to say, but I was like, I can't sugarcoat this anymore. I can't yeah. focus on your feelings. I got to focus on mine. Yeah. <laughs> and people eventually came around where they just appreciated the fact that it was like, if I'm like, no, we can't, I can't hang out. I'm just, nope, not in, not in the mood right now. Yeah. And it took, I had to get comfortable with it too with the the boundary setting and the telling people that I love that I can't see them and knowing because like in my own heart I felt guilty like I was making myself go past my own boundaries that I'd set (laughs) because Mm -hmm. I was like I'm making them feel bad Mm -hmm. but it's like but how do you feel god damn it (laughs) like sometimes you gotta ask yourself that question to set the boundary and that's usually where boundaries come out into fruition is you have to ask yourself how you're feeling. Yeah. How certain things make you feel and then go from there. And boundaries are really healthy. And a person, only an unhealthy person will not come around to boundaries. Yep. They will. Yeah. Narcissists and people who, um, want something from you. And that's the reason why they have a relationship with you is because you keep giving them that thing. And when you stop even if, giving even them if that it's thing. just you filling up their bucket every day. Yep. Yep. And and leaving your bucket dry. It's, it's always selfish of them when they're getting mad at you for putting up a boundary. I had a friend once who would, uh, I went home from, col- I met her at culinary school and I went from culinary school cause I was really sick and I was living in my mom's basement. She knew it was bad and <laughs> mm-hmm. I couldn't go anywhere. Like I was stagnant cause I was sick and I felt like a failure and I was going through a lot of shit. So she'd call me and we'd talk on the phone for like two hours and she'd only talk about herself. And then until I finally be like, all right, man, I got to go. Yeah. And then she'd be like, oh, we didn't even get to you. And I'd be like, well, next time, I guess. This is why the phone fucking sucks. <laughs> right. Everybody I know who's calling me, and I think that's why you ignore my phone calls too, is because it's like... <laughs> it's I don't so much phone calls i my phone's on my phone's on silent so unless i'm on my phone i don't pay attention to my phone it's okay uh because don't, everybody it's okay, i'm telling you i'm not ignoring your fucking phone calls <laughs> everybody every time somebody calls it's always about them right my mom always calls and is like well i'm signed up for another surgery and i'm like jesus don't fucking care because i know you're just signing up to get pills like right and there's like so Yes, these people aren't calling to check up on you. They're calling for themselves, and that's well, the exhausting part. Yeah, they're called emotional vampires. Colin Robinsons. Oh. Um, Colin Robinson. <laughs> but uh, I had to say, oh, this friend that I'm talking about, where she'd call, and she'd always be like, 
I just be like, I don't want to talk. I don't feel good or something. I tell her that. She'd be like, well, how are you, are you feeling better? Like if I was like shitty with her about like, yo, dude, okay, see ya. I got to go. Bye. Heard, yeah. heard the story. See ya. The next time she talked to me, are you feeling better? And I'm like, what? Are you serious? Like we haven't hmm. talked about me once. She tells us that we were, she, every time at the end of the conversation, oh, we didn't even get to you. Yeah. Like, yeah, we've been on the phone for two hours. We didn't get to me. <laughs> So I went out and saw her once and I was like, okay, this is the time. This is going to be the decision. Yeah. If this is a good time, I'm going to try to stick it out. If it's not, we're done. And yeah. guess what? It was a bad time. And I never, I haven't talked to her since. Good for you. And she's going to paint whatever picture she wants to, but it's like, I don't yep. give a flying fuck what you think anymore. Yep. Like, I don't yep. care. She was very important for me at a time. And that's something too, is people are seasons. People can be seasons. And sometimes putting a boundary of like, okay, I can't do this friendship anymore <laughs> is good too before it gets ugly. Yeah. And I feel like I kind of let it get ugly, but I was also in that mindset where it's like I was into boundaries and only having people around that like lifted me up. Yep. And I didn't feel bad about it. I honestly never really feel too bad about boundaries. I always feel ever feel bad when I renege on the boundary that I set. Yeah happens to me so much (laughs) i'm also really concerned too i don't want to stress you out but i'm concerned about your mom's willingness to be a part of the boundaries i think she's gonna it's my own shit but i'm like i'm very suspicious (laughs) you think she's like collecting it so that it can backfire she's waiting for you to get comfortable yeah um emotional vampires do do that yeah like they wait for you to settle in and they know exactly when you're having a good time like you and i have talked about how she always calls when I'm having a great day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Or like if you're like either you're having a really good day or you're like, I can't have one more thing happen right now. Yep. <laughs> then you get a call and you're like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Why do I still have this phone number? Uh, I'm about to change my phone number. I'm getting someone sent me uh, some random some, a phone from Orlando said, is this Bobby Alvey today? And I was like, how? I'm like, I'm not responding to you for <gasps> sure. But what if it's Steve? Ooh. This is Hello Bobby Alvey. Should I say who is this? Yeah. You just be like Steve question mark? Okay, that's a good that's a good. But it's like acknowledging that I'm Bobby Alvey. Whatever. Because you're changing your phone number anyway. I probably really need to. It's on so many business cards. Let's both change our phone number. I'm down. I change. I've, it's, this is the longest I've had this no, a number. I've had my phone number since I was 14, 15. Yeah, my sister, who's almost 40, or she is 40, her best friend has, has had the same number since he got a cell phone. Yeah. I'm like, that's wild. Obviously, he never had to set a boundary. <laughs> and he's a gay boy from Glenwood. You think he would? <laughs> who's the gay boy from Glenwood? Ga- Tyson? Uh, no. Oh, not Glenwood. Uh, Elsinore. Who is it? Uh, Lane Wood. Do you know him? Nope. Um, but also, um, don't you have a blocking feature on your Android phone? I hate blocking people. Why? It's so nice. I honestly, because my family is huge on that. Like my sister, this is one of the reasons why I hate social media so much. It's because when we were fighting, like people would know when I was fighting with my family because they could see our activity on social media. Oh yeah. Because the second one of us gets mad at the other one, we block each other. Yeah. Okay. So I'm like, um, 
okay because like and then like the second we're cool with each other we immediately add each other back on social media and i'm just like i can't do this like i will block dudes from tinder if they get crazy yeah and like bill collectors and stuff but i try really hard my mom is blocked on my phone but i will try really hard not to block people but when yeah I was, when i was it goes my back mom, to I like dumb. like i feel stupid it goes back to like weaponizing it, I think. Yeah. Weaponizing the communication. And it's also like, I think blocking people is a necessity sometimes, but it's like when I do things that my family does in excess, I feel like if I do it even once, even if it's justified, I'm crazy. I wonder who it is that's texting you. I don't know. I haven't responded. I can text you the number real quick. I'll send it to you. You can do some detective work because Lord knows I'm not going to. I will. <laughs> I'm always just like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's probably um, because I've been, I have to apply for jobs. So a, oh. lot of, a lot of them are scams, which is so disheartening. If you're out there and you're a scammer and people are trying to find a fucking job and you're going to just get their number so you can hit them up about, scams like please stop that just stop doing that we're already down on our luck enough i feel like if it was steve he would have been like hey this is steve yep i don't know okay how we where where are we headed with this i think we're headed to the end okay let's see anything else you want to tie up loose ends i don't know i think we talked a lot about how talking about how um people hearing that they're not the only person doing something is important to hear yeah that's kind of i mean this this episode was kind of all over the place (laughs) but i think it's because boundaries are so difficult it's not surprising to me that we're kind of jumbled in our thoughts because we don't totally know how we feel about it yeah and like we've been setting because we haven't been setting boundaries our whole life because we were raised kind of not to yeah we were raised to absolutely not have boundaries so it's a new concept to us even you know even if we've been doing it for a decade that's still only a third of our lives yep and i hate i just like i hate boundaries they're so important and necessary though so if you hate yourself for trying to set a boundary stop stop it that's what that's the point i kind of want to get across stop hating yourself for like being like i shouldn't set that boundary that's so rude of me or whatever do what you got to do to survive. Yeah. And if that means only have letting your mom have your email, that's what you got to do, damn it. That is what you have to do. I was going to say, like, learning how to prioritize your own life in your 30s, that's far too fucking late. Like. Right. Like, I feel robbed. Yep. I feel robbed about with a lot of things. And I think that's where a lot of my anger comes from. And it has to do with how we were raised, both the culture and the religion. And, like, a bunch of things. I feel so robbed. I was robbed of things that seem like so easy talking to your kids seems so easy yeah (laughs) and to this day it's impossible for my parents and my grandparents just to have a normal conversation with me Mm -hmm. and for them to not put me down or for not to ask too much of me or for them to expect you to be the person you were when you were a child exactly like i have to set boundaries because people in my life don't have enough sense 
to like see that people are trees and they can bend. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or that growth happens. Yeah. Or and it should happen. And people changing is a good thing. And rediscovering people that you haven't seen for a few years is fun. Yeah. Not an, a, a chance to put them in a box that you had for them. Yeah. You know, I'm, I don't fit into my original packaging. I'm sorry. Nope. Not me. <laughs> I'm not sorry, actually. But it's like, every. this is why I set boundaries, because people want you to. And I it's think, like, uh, yeah. You know? You think what? Go. I was just going to say, like figuring out who I am now it's not that I am diff much different like people are going to be surprised that I cuss yeah but I've been cussing pretty much my whole life I just was masking it and like being bisexual it's been happening for a long ass time like I was masking and so like it's it's because of the boundaries I've been able to set that I'm able to flourish. And I think if you need help figuring out how to set boundaries, there's so many resources and they're wonderful. Therapy, there's Instagram accounts that you can follow that help you. Like, get a friend who knows how to sound boundary, set boundaries and, like, start Seriously. a podcast with them. <laughs> um, I also want to talk about... If if you if you see someone in your life who is setting a boundary, don't question them. Yeah, have a conversation with them if you want. But I have a a category that says shit people do that doesn't help. Grandparents, are, my grandparents always ask me, "Did you see your ground? Did you go see your mother when you came went through town?" No. Did you? <laughs> yeah. No. Why not? Why don't you go see her? Okay, that's the same reason why I don't go see her too. Like, yeah. So it's like questioning. Where it's like, it's hard enough that I have to exclude my mother from my life. Can you yep. please give me a little support here? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, my grandparents will always just be like, does your mom know you're here? And I'd be like, no. And they'd be like, oh, okay. That means when my mom calls them for the third time the day, because she's always calling them, that they won't put it on speaker or they won't like mention that I'm in town. Which oh, That's nice of them. The way my yeah. grandpa does it is he goes, how did you come? He always gets mad at me for the way I come to, because you can either go through Levan, Scipio, or on I-15 and go over Big yeah. Valley. Yeah. I always go through Scipio because that's the way I love to go. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, you go through Richfield. Yeah. So he gets mad at me for going through Scipio because it's an extra 15 miles on my car. And um, then he always says, did you stop and see your mother? And I'm like, no. And he's like, why not? And I'm like, because I don't like the woman. The same reason you don't stop and see her. <laughs> yeah. Do you stop and see her? Because being around her makes me want to die. That's why physically, I don't physically, mentally her. ill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you try it. Yeah, and that's the reason. That's another reason. Like, I'm glad I said that because, like, when I'm around my mom, some of my siblings, my grandparents, and we go through the same rigmarole that we mm-hmm. went through back in the day. That it's happened. Um, twice since I tried to kill myself and I stayed the night at my, my grandparents and at my brothers and we got in a, we all got a fight both times we got a fight and I laid in the bed and thought about slitting my wrists for like an hour that was how I that's how I soothed myself oh my god I was thinking about slitting my wrists open and I'm yep. like I haven't been here in so long and this is used to how I put myself to sleep at night I was thinking about slitting my wrists and how comforting that would be yeah to and melt away like, into the nothing <laughs> and this is why I have boundaries is because the only way I can get to sleep tonight is to imagine not waking up in the morning because of the people that are in my family, the way they make me feel. 
and I'm not sitting here saying I don't, I'm sure I've made them feel a certain way too, <laughs> but yeah. I want, but they're not expressing they, that healthily either. Well, and, and some of them have set boundaries with me and I got to respect that, you know, yeah. <laughs> like I'm Good a little bit mad, I'm mad at my brother. But I'm like, he's setting a boundary. I don't agree with it, but whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I'm also setting a boundary with him, too. Like, we both set a boundary, and we're both pissed off at each other for setting boundaries. It's very funny to watch. Like, I'm watching it myself, and I'm like, God, this is nuts. Y'all are learning boundaries together. (laughs) Um, And then um, dealing with perceptions. One of my big hardest things was having this twisted home life. And then having my friends at school and like, look, I'm not saying don't say, Hey, your mom's so cool. Like don't stop telling people their mom's cool. (laughs) But like when my people would tell me how cool my mom was and how much she talked up me up and stuff in public when at home, she's the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. It was very hard to kind of get through those waters because how do you tell someone that, you know what I mean? Yeah. It (laughs) was almost like, that you knew in that instant that that person was not going to believe you. They weren't going to get it. And I, so I kept quiet a lot for a long time mm-hmm. because of that. And this is another, this is another aspect how Steve might fit into this. Oh yeah. Because his dad, we all love his dad, you know, we all love his dad. Benj. And, hey Benj. Hey Mr. Benj. But it's like, I don't know what I, what I like Mr. Benj if I had to live with him. I don't know. Yeah, I saw him for know. an hour a day for four years, <laughs> you know, <Right. laughs> like that's not a lot in the great scheme of things in the professional setting of a teacher, <laughs> you know, <Right. laughs> like, I don't know what it's like. And so I'm not going to run everything I do by him when I'm trying right. to find Steve. Yeah. And I want Steve. I mean, God, God help God help him if he got this far on this episode, <laughs> because <laughs> our thoughts were all over the place but i think it's very damning and you're her harming people when you don't trust their perception of what's happening yep absolutely so um yeah (laughs) i mean i wanted to say something but then i was like nope this is a good wrap-up i think i'll say it you can cut it out okay i'll say it um Similarly, my grandparents didn't know the bullshit that was going on behind our closed doors because my mom had a facade for them. Mm-hmm. And then when I finally came out with, I I put all of my pissed offness in a group chat with my family because my I was experimenting with putting a boundary in with my mom and my grandparents would hound me, hound me, hound me and mm-hmm. be like, why are you doing this to your mom? So I kind of blew up in the family group chat and I said, I'm tired of this shit. I'm tired of it. Mm-hmm. I Here's a few examples of like the bullshit we had to go through. This part, this part, this part, this part. It was a wall of text. Right. And my grandma was just like, wow, I had no idea that you went through that and you deserve healing. And so we're going to respect this boundary. And I love them. And I, I love them for doing that. And I think what I learned too in telling people kind of like what happened, like I've said this before, in the, I think it was the mental health episode, but uh, my best friend growing up when I told her mom, when I was like in my mid twenties that I was getting abused heavily, she's like, how did I not know this was going on? You know? 
Yeah. Because we fucking faked it. <laughs> yep, <laughs> we got taught because to fake it. We were mom, in survival yeah. mode. Well, and abusers teach their uh, the people they abuse how to act. That's why it was creepy about people who are abusive. Because mm-hmm. it's like they know what they're doing is bad. Just like yeah. how they had you lie with your little brother and the and the and the drugging. Yeah. <laughs> Just like my mom had me lie had my sister lie that I broke my sister's jaw when she broke her jaw. Yep. They know when they're doing wrong and that's why it's hard. But people asking how did I know? How did I know? How did I know? You are tr- built to make this facade. Yeah. But what I have learned is a lot of people when you open up to them and you're like this is what was going on and you know me and you know I'm not full of shit. They're like I'm sorry. Like I'm so sorry. Yeah. But what I'm asking of the general public whoever's listening to this is when someone tells don't qu- like don't Yeah. Don't just question, because don't question their motives unless you want to be like, hey, man, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Even if you were adjacent to the story like my grandparents were for me and they yeah. had no idea. Right. Like you need to believe people when they're going through something so hard as putting in a boundary with somebody that should be somebody so close to them. Like just believe them. Especially what's frustrating, too, is we 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 describe time and time again how we've always had to be the rational adult person in our lives yeah and so when we go ahead and make a decision and we get treated like we're irrational and crazy when all we've had to be our whole entire lives is the rational ones yep (laughs) it's like i'm not an irrational person (laughs) like you trust me with the money more than you trust your own daughter yeah pissed off that i'm cutting her out of my life are you serious everybody's (laughs) went like hounded me for their sanity and when i put up a boundary now you question it like yeah but sometimes i wonder too if they're like i would rather deal they would rather deal with you than her but they know they can they have to deal with her but they can deal with her through you so they'd rather deal with you does that make sense (laughs) yeah that's more abuse (laughs) right but it's also like maybe themselves setting up a, their own boundary where they're like, we're taking care of her, but we don't have to put up with her sort of thing. Yeah. Which is something my parents did. I mean, my grandparents did, but I think the whole moral of the story is you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. You don't know what's going on. With people. You don't. So be kind. Yeah. <laughs> Reach out to your friends, believe them. Yep. And also everyone out there who thinks they're alone, they're not, they're probably not, You're not alone. And if you are, that sucks really bad, but you can figure, you can find people. That's not getting, get leaving, leaving the the situation behind is one of the best feelings in the world. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it can be, it can feel very isolating, yeah. but in the end, it's a foundation for yourself to and, move forward. And when you're sure of your decision and you know, you made the right fucking decision, that's such a good feeling because it validates all the chaos that you felt through your whole entire life. Yeah. Like, valid, like, cause you're like, you're like, why do I feel crazy? Is this because you were like, this is, if everyone's living this life and this is normal, why do I feel like I'm going crazy? So when you are able to step out of it, try to fix it, realize it can't be fixed and then set a hard boundary and then be okay with it. Mm-hmm. There's no better feeling. Yeah. So I hope that for everybody. <laughs> I hope that for everybody too. And do we say these things? Yeah, I think we should. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Is This The Place podcast is written, recorded, and edited at Titan Tower Studios. Our theme song is by Bobby, and our cover art is by Jessica Sanchez. This is our story, as we see it. We believe it to be true as far as it is translated correctly. If you liked the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. 
We have dedicated a lot of our time and talents, and we really appreciate your support. Maybe this isn't the place, but you are definitely the people making this possible. Thank you.